advertise, email podcast at thisismagic.com. Release yourself from order and logic and enter a new place. It's not work. It's not home. Yeah, no maps have been drawn. No books have been written. Nothing is certain. Everything is possible. Welcome to Podcast and Chill with Magic. I'm assuming this doesn't end well. Hinda, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to it. This is indeed, I know I always say this, so I always say it's a special podcast, it's a special edition, but this one. It's been four years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get this nigga right here, dog. Please welcome one of the greatest broadcasters of our generation of all time, DJ Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you got cancelled. So my dog. So so you can come on the show. No, no. <laughs> I'm not here because of cancelling. I'm here because, let me tell you. I don't do interviews for the sake of interviews. Mm. So if I have nothing to talk about, yeah. I'm not going to do an interview. Yeah. I've been doing interviews about my career since 1992. Wow. How old were you in 1992? Jeez. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I pick and select the interview and what I'm going to talk about. Mm. So if I didn't have music coming out on the 1st of October, I wouldn't fucking be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the music. <laughs> Now that I've spoken about it, I can leave. Yeah. First of October, brand new album, I'm out of here. And you know what's crazy about this interview? We're going to catch a lot of smoke, obviously, from feminists. You know the, how it is right now with yeah, everything that's yeah, going on. Yeah. But, like, dude, we, 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 we're not here to play God, dog. We don't judge anybody. No. We mm. just do what we want to do. We're documenting black history. Mm. And you're a big part of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. What you do in your personal stuff, mm. that's up to you. But I, but I think also the sad thing with the feminist movement is how it's almost become toxic now. Yeah. Where we are a hammer and everything is a nail. Mm. It's almost like indiscriminate fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck mm. you. Never about is there nuance here? Is there even a substantiated thing happening? Mm. You, you know what I mean? So I think, I think that's sad because it's now polarizing people and I believe the feminist movement should be uniting people. Yeah. Where men and women are feminists and want only the best for men and women. Mm. But You're anyways, right. that's just me. Like, what do I know? I'm just a DJ. So. <laughs> You've been broadcasting for 30 years. How does it feel now waking up and you don't have a radio show? To tell you the honest truth, when I moved from five to Metro, I was literally contemplating a one-year sabbatical because I felt that I need a break. I want to work on my music. I want to I wanna tour a bit. I want to travel a bit. And then Glenn decided to leave, and then they called me, and they're like, we're redeploying your chief. Mm. And that's what happened. So I've actually wanted a break. Yeah. So I'm actually glad I'm on a break. Wow. And what does a normal day look like for you now? What do you do? Um, I'm, in, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. I'm doing stuff in commodities, but I can't say too much because, yeah, it's, you know, people think you have money now. You no, know? but you got money, bro. Fresh is a ball. Fresh got a lot of money. But why do you guys think I have a lot of money? I'll tell you why I think you have a lot of money. You guys are the same guys that will see an actor on a taxi going for the next audition. And you're like, 
How about you on a series? Why in a tax? Guys, generally our industry pays rubbish. No, not, not you, Fresh. Not you, on, dog. dog. Let me tell you a story, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could even know I got a scooter. I needed a helmet. Yeah. So I go to the shop and I'm buying a helmet. And the guy helping me there told me a crazy story about Fresh. He said Fresh walked in there and he bought a Harley Davidson, which is like 350K. Cash. Where, okay. When was this? <laughs> No, no, when did I buy this bike? Uh, I don't know. When, how many Harley Davidsons do you have? Two. You see, the first no, but, no, no, but no, man. I bought my first bike in 2009 and yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't cash. Well, the second one was that cash. No, actually, the second one, my man. <laughs> you see? Let's keep it moving, bro. He can hardly remember. <laughs> I hardly this remember, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga bought in cash all the accessories walked out with that bike I'm like no ways that's insane but anyway take me back to RB2 your yeah. first radio show there how was that like so RB2 was the first commercial radio station in bots but it was part of the public broadcaster and so I did high school obviously then I did national service for a year so as I was finishing my national service there was a new radio station mm. and I was a fan for about two months. Then I was like, no, fuck this shit, man. I can actually do this. Yeah. And I remember walking, uh, walking into studio and saying to them, guys, I'd like a job. Yeah. I don't have a demo, but I'd like a job because whatever I'm hearing, I'm certain 90% double <laughs> You know? So then they said, go make a demo and come back. Yeah. And I was unable to make a demo. And then there was an event where one of the DJs, DJ Sid, was at this event. Mm. And I told him, yo, dude, I want to join you guys, but I haven't made a demo. So he's like, no, man, come in on Monday and we'll see what we can do. They set up a studio for me the Monday. Wow. And they just showed me what's what. They hit record on the reel-to-reel to record my audition. Yeah, audition for about 30 minutes. Wow. And the next day they called me and said, you start on Saturday. Damn. That's literally how my radio career started. Wow, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, Is it yeah. true you were bullied as a kid? I was bullied as a kid a lot because I was shortish, I was plumpish, and I had a big head. Mm. Not much has changed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so yeah, I mean, you know, you're called names because yeah. you're fat, because you've got a big head, or, you know, Saul, you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Huge head. All the ladies what were they doing to you, these bullies? What no, no, doing? it was just, it was more name calling. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like physical bullying. Yeah. It was, it was more name calling. Name calling is also horrible. Yeah. You know, you're a child. Like, why should you have to deal with older? But, but also because I've always hung out with older kids. Mm. So because I'm a lighty anyway, mm. like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. No, so you just kind of bob and weave and, but it also taught me to retort. Hmm. and to guara back yeah. and, and in fact I'll tell you now my sharp mind right now is probably thanks to that oh yes because I was taught ready, to yeah. think on, on the seat spot. all the time yeah you know what I mean yeah, yeah. And, and, and in hindsight do you think you've recovered from that you know what I think I'll be lying if I say it was a trauma but it wasn't nice but like I said, I also feel it prepared me for, for you know, for the big bad world. Mm. I mean, when I was 12, 13, I was shipped off to boarding school. Mm. Boarding school is not necessarily nice either. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but because you've dealt with all of those trials and tribulations of a kid, you kind of cruise through boarding school. So, yeah. so yeah, man. And why did you guys come to SA? Was that your decision or the family? 
my family, I'm, dude, I, I flunked law school and I packed my bags and I came here to study. Yeah. Yeah, it was just me, dude. So you're like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to Joburg, man. Well, it wasn't as simple as fuck it. It was first saying to my dad, who was pissed off, that I'd flunked out of law school, that ish timer. So there's this uh, Boston college and I need money now. <laughs> I mean, this after we've had a massive fallout. Yeah, you and so, dead. Yeah, because yeah. I dropped out of law school. Yeah. You know, in his mind, I was going to be a lawyer. Mm. But I suspect I was going to be a lawyer because he couldn't be a lawyer. Now he wanted to lawyer vicariously through me. Yeah. That's what I suspect. Mm. Yeah. In fact, speaking of my dad, the weird thing, I found out just last week, when he was in primary school, he was the conductor for the school choir. Wow. But, but he's like, he never told me because he didn't want me to go into the arts. <laughs> he, he confessed this last week. Wow. I'm like, nigga, you're 78. Why are you telling me this now? <laughs> so, so what's your first week like in Joburg? Like, who are you staying with? What's happening? So I had friends and cousins who, you know, who lived in Berea. Oh, Berea, yeah. Yeah, so... So what I did was I lived, there was a hotel, Safari Hotel. So I literally packed my bags and my dad dropped me off here the first week of January 95. Wow. But, you know, by then I've already made friends and connections because mm. I met Oskido 92, I met Christos 93, I met Vinny 94, I met Bob Mabena 93. So I was already connected in terms of the scene. What does that mean, first time you met Oskido? Oskido, I was doing first year law. Yeah. And Oskido was booked to play at a picnic. So I was attending this picnic. Yeah. But myself and Oskido were booked to play in another town, Francistown, the following week. Yeah. So 16 December 1992, I woke up to Oskido while he's playing. I introduced myself and it's like, ah, oh, my man, yeah, yeah, you know, we're playing together next week. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to Wee Wee, play the next track for me. <laughs> I'd only started learning how to mix on vinyl six weeks prior. Wow. And, Oskido, and vinyl's not easy, bro. And Oskido's like, I mean, I'm going to Wee Wee, play the next song. Don't take the piss. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, I peed just a little. <laughs> you know the clips yeah, yeah, yeah. where you forgot the extra shake. <laughs> <laughs> so... But I was like, I'm not going to fuck up this opportunity. Yeah. In fact, yeah. that's why I always say to kids, if the opportunity drops in your lap, you better be ready. Yeah. Even when you're not ready. Yeah. Be ready to jump in. And if you die, you die. Mm. But if you don't die, you've gained something. Yeah. So Oskido's taking a wee. I'm playing the next record. And there's a fucking massive crowd. Yeah. And it was shaking Yana, but it was fine. It yeah. worked. Yeah. I'm looking at this record. I'm like, this record is halfway done. Oskido's not back. I was like, fuck, let me find yeah. another record. So I played a second record. That makes us even better. Yeah. And that's how our friendship started with Oskido. And you didn't play Deb in July. No horses. There were no horses. Thank goodness. <laughs> but yeah, so we've been friends since 16 December 92 with Oskido. That's crazy, yeah, man. man. When does YFM calling? Because like I was telling you off air, hey, yeah. I wish I was around during your time. That guy's area. You know what the problem hey, is? You, you guys think... You know, our era at Y was just sex, drugs, and quiet. <laughs> it was. That's the problem. I know. It sounded like that on air. We maybe did the sex, alcohol, <laughs> and quiet. You all added the drugs yeah. in your era. <laughs> but anyway, so 
I did three years of media studies at Boston. Mm. I'm in my third year. I'm sending demos every week, everywhere. Where are you sending to? Metro? Everywhere. Yeah. I even sent to... I mean, I sent it to Metro, Josie FM, um, 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 Soweto, Radio Soweto. And they were saying no? Nobody responded. Wow. My man, I even sent to Venda. I sent... <laughs> nigga, I just want to get on radio. <laughs> I was ready to learn to die when I'm ready to You know what I mean? Yeah. But nobody was responding. Wow. And then I just finished my campus radio show. And uh, one of my boys from my class gave me a sweater and said, listen, there's a new radio station, there's auditions. I think, uh, check it out. Yeah. So I go downstairs to the Tiki Box. It's a phone booth. I Google it, kids. <laughs> and I put in my five rand and I call the number. Then Sis Pumia says the phone. Yeah. And she's like, listen, tomorrow is our last audition. So please bring in uh, a demo, bring... Well, she wanted a demo, I think, copy of ID All that and your CV. Mm. So, fuck, I ran to the um, computer room, lab, did my CV quick. Mm. I even had flyers from gigs I've done. Mm. Included those flyers there yeah. so they can see I'm a rocking guy. Yeah. You know? Come on. And then I told my lecturers that tomorrow I'm not in. Mm. Went for the audition. Um, Kenny Maestri was there. Oskido was there. Wow. AK was there. Craig Maluka was Fetchel. there. No, Fedro was not part of our auditions. Oh, okay. But there was a gang of us, though. Yeah. And... Yeah, we auditioned, and then I went back to my boring student life. About a month later, I'm told at reception that these guys are trying to get a hold of you. The guys yeah. are why. Yeah. I was like, fuck. So I called them. They're like, listen, dude, you're in the top 50. Wow. We need you to 50. come. We need you to come. Because I think the audition was 600 people. Shortlist. Yeah. So we need you to come back for an audition. And I get there. Greg, who'd been in the queue with us, is auditioning us. <laughs> so Greg, when we were in the queue... Says he realized that there's so much talent here, he doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> so he did a business plan for them while he was in the queue. Oh, typical Greg. And then he handed them his business plan. Wow. So they're like, okay, we like this guy, we can work with this guy. And so Greg auditioned me, and then we were whittled. Then after that, I went straight to Hillbrow, Pretoria Street. So there was a click there, clicks there, and I bought a pager <laughs> so that they can at least reach me. <laughs> Google a pager. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I bought a pager and I waited and then we were told that, listen, you've got the job, there's 30 of you, you've got to be put through training and then we whittled down to 15 and then I was told you're doing drive and... you got drive. I've never not done a drive show. Wow. So, so I've yeah. never done a drive show. <laughs> My man, if you're not busy getting fired... <laughs> I've got a clip, man, in my archives yeah. of uh, the first show you did with Fat Joe. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, man, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. You yeah. sounded like a groupie on that show because he was the anchor, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd come in with the gossip and whatnot. No, because I was a guest on his show. It was his show. Yeah. So I couldn't, you know, come onto his show and fucking take over the show. Yeah. But having said that, though, I was a Fat Joe fan when he was still at Radio Pop. Mm. So before he moved here, I was listening to him on Pop. Mm. And I was a fan already. Yeah. So you saw him. What stuff was he doing at Bob? I never heard him at Bob. He had a hip hop show, uh, late night, and half the music he played was not censored. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us some about the crazy stories at YFM because I heard a crazy story that you used to take taxis, obviously, to the studio, mm -hmm. and then you guys started becoming famous. You're like, hey, chief, we can't take taxis anymore. No. So obviously, I'm a student. Yeah. So I take a taxi from Empire Road to Joubert Park by North there. Then from there, you take another taxi that goes to Eastgate, but literally drops you by Y. 
So I did that for about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day as I'm leaving, there's a taxi outside. Some taxi guy is like, you know, he's been listening to the show and he loves what I do. So he's like, do I need a ride home? So this cat would leave his route every day, pick me up from my apartment, take me to Y, get back on his route. Yeah. When I knock off at six, picks me up, takes me home. Wow. And, the, and then Fajo's mom bought him a, was it a Hyundai? Yeah. When the, remember Hyundai used to make just microwaves, <laughs> then, they, then they moved to cars. <laughs> was it Hyundai? No, Daewoo. Daewoo. Oh, Daewoo. Yeah, so Daewoo used to make microwaves yeah, and appliances, yeah, then they, yeah. they decided they want to make cars. <laughs> so I think Fajo's mom or Fajo bought a Daewoo. So whenever we're gigging, we, me and Fajo, with our, so we had 50 records we shared between us. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd be fucking cruising in this fucking white day who thinking we're fucking bowling. Yeah. But Glenn's like, we're in a microwave, my guy. Yeah. You know? So yeah, so yeah man. But how was it at YFM? Was Were people sleeping in the studio? I heard Bad Boy T. Bad Boy T yeah. when he arrived you know, from Cape Town. Because things were happening so fast and we had to go on air, and advertisers were also a bit skeptical. Because there's a new radio station targeting black youth. Yeah. Black youth don't have money. That was the perception. It's 1984. So, oh, for instance, to give the industry peace of mind, then Randall had to be poached from Good Hope FM to come be a station manager. And then Sammy T was poached from 5FM to come into breakfast. Oh, so at least... Familiarity. Familiarity yeah. for the industry so that they can maybe take it seriously. Mm. But for instance, then Randall was like, but I want Thomas from Cape Town. Mm. So Thomas had to arrive. Thomas arrived the night before we went on here for the first time. Hmm. So he literally lived in studio. Wow. And then I think AK, AK Gaga was from Pretoria. And all of a sudden, he's doing a radio show. So I think he was also sleeping in the studio. Yeah. So, so it was mad. I think for the first month, we were literally making do. Mm. In fact, we were literally like a big family. Literally, we'd be there the whole day. All of us. Wow. Like all of us would be in studio just chilling or chilling outside in the courtyard. So yeah, so yeah man. It was Is it true you guys got <coughs> head like while doing a show? Stuff like uh, that? No. Nah. Nah. Hey, hey, do you believe that Although song? Although on my birthday, oh, someone was dead to come do that to me during my show. Because I switched on the mic, and then this person came around. I'm like, where are you going? And they'd been dead to come and. Yeah. But I was like. It never happened. Be back after these ads. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen here. <laughs> You know what? I think we had great times, but my sadness about my time at Y is I don't think we fully grasped our impact. Yeah. I don't think we fully appreciated our impact. Yeah. Therefore, I don't think we fully exploited it Mm. to become even bigger. Yeah. Or to do even more as a platform. Mm. So people think why I was big. Mm. I think we could have been bigger. Yeah, yeah. I think we could have had like bigger influence. Mm. But because we were in the moment, moment, I'll tell you right now, my nine years at Y, half of them are probably a blur because hmm. so much was happening, happening all the time. It's on to the next one. Like so much was happening. Yeah. I mean, I was on Y for a month, then Studio Mix call and say, Please come be a guest, yeah. a guest presenter. Guy into that auditioning us. Hmm. So I think it was me, Zach Dakile, Fat Joe, I can't remember who else. So we each did a link with Melanie and Bob. And then Saturday morning, 
I'm walking from my flat into Hillbrow uh, to go to gym. That's when I realized that fuck TV, your privacy is out the window when you're on TV. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, people are stopping me on the streets like, yeah, also, oh, you're free. Because remember, Y is a new station. Yeah. But they don't know us. Yeah. yeah. They don't know what you look you're like. Faceless. Now they've seen me on TV and they're like, oh, is it? Then I was like, fuck, TV will fuck your privacy like, like this. Yes. Yeah. So even at gym, now my Gita all of a sudden didn't want to come in chat. I was like, oh, no, Jens, I'm Wait. By the weights. And then they call me again for the following week. Yeah. So Bratai, me was the show producer. And he's like, no, man, come back. And then the following week, he's like, no, you know, why don't you join the show? And that's how I joined the show. You know, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned impact. Yeah. Because for me, bro, I've told this story so many times on the podcast. Mm. Mm. I used to fight with my mother when she was dropping me to school. Yeah. Because she'd want to listen to um, Jeremy Mansfield. Oh, flip, yes. In the morning. Yes. And then you were on at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, no, fuck Jeremy, man. We've got to listen to Fresh. Tato to ta. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I ended up converting her. She's like, actually, this show's dope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that show, I think. Even that show had impact I don't think we fully appreciated. Sure. The fact that people still talk about it right now, mm. for me, just fucking blows my mind. That we were just guys having fun on the radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even Tato. Tato was there by chance. Mm. I was at a shell garage by Rayma Church, and I was pouring juice. I go into the shop, and then Tato is there. He's like, I listen to the show. He gives me a piece of paper with feature ideas for my show. Wow. And his, and his, and his phone number. What was he doing before the show? I have no idea. Nah. He was the youngster. I'm sure he was straight out of school. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I called him. I was like, no, man, come sit in and let's see what happens. So I started just introducing him gently. Nyana. And then this is 2002. Yeah. Leave for Miami, March. In Miami, we're drunk. <laughs> Going from one gig to another. Shane calls. It's like, yo, bro, you want your breakfast? Sure. Um, I'm like, when? He's like, on the first. I'm like, that's next week. Mm. He's like, yeah. So I must fucking put a, a team together. Together, yeah. So one of my conditions was, as long as Tato is on the team. You but could. Greg and Shane had a problem with it. But my relationship with Greg and Shane was such that, if we don't agree with you, convince us. Hmm. Wow. So yeah. we went on A and we showed them that actually you can't fuck with us. Works. You know what I mean? But also they wanted a girl on there. So Angie was also put on. And generally, I would prefer myself and Tato only. Yeah. You know what I mean? But eventually, it evolved towards that. So, so yeah. So, I had, what, four days to put a, a breakfast show together. And you guys fucking kicked The chemistry was insane. Yeah. Mm. Is it true that there was a car brand that wanted to sponsor you, but you were like, you got to sponsor the whole team. Everybody must get a car. No, man. I think Mazda were one of... Um, and then he the, says the, the names. <laughs> No, no, let me just say, Master looked after us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they looked after us. So, yeah. so thank you so much, guys. It was, mm. it was a great relationship. So, mm. so yeah, man. So you told them you got to have a car for the Well, I didn't group. tell them that, but kind of said, we're a team. Yeah. Let, you know. And, and Proverb, how do you find Proverb? So, Adil says to me, so Cleo had just left after issues with management. And we need a show producer. Yeah. And Adil, AD at large, says, you know, there's a kid from Kimberley who's been studying sound engineering. Please give him a, a shot. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, you know. The following week, have you thought about it? I was like, thought about what? And I told him there's a kid from Kimberley, give him a shot. 
And that's how we started with Pro. Yeah. And and Pro will tell you, I'm a, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a slave driver. Yeah. I expect you to deliver. Yeah, he told I, me you'd, in fact, you'd, you'd I, call him at three in the morning. In fact, I don't think I'm a slave driver. But if there's work to be done, I expect it to be done. Mm. You know what I mean? And if we want to be the best at what we do, we all have to show up. Mm. So initially, he was kind of chilled. Mm. You know, pants sagging and Kim Rayapa is too cool for school. But his work ethic just... You know, we'd get a studio, pro is there, he's doing promos, he's doing this. And I think half the success of the show... I'd like to think was actually his production, pre-production, hmm. and just the shit he did. Mm. Yeah. And you're paying him from his, your own pocket, man. Again, it was a case of, we're not too sure. I said to Greg, I'll pay him then. Hmm. Because I believe if you believe in something that much, sometimes take the knock yourself and show them so that by the time they see, then they can see that maybe we must pay. Mm. So initially, I was paying Tato and Provem out of my pocket. No way. Yeah. So, so wait, so there was no technical producer before Provem? No, no, there was Cleo. So why were you then paying Provem out of your pocket? Because they wanted to get other people who were doing oh, other shows. So I was like, no, like we want our, you know, we want our own producer. Bro, um, one thing I liked and I still like about you is that yeah. whoever you work with mm. always becomes like a superstar like you've touched so many careers I mean you can look at DJ Cleo mm. Proverb Kent Euphonic Bobby Molloy there's so many there's so many no, bro. I, I, I never worked with Bobby yeah. don't put my boy don't put my boy Bobby took over from me when I left why yeah. no no let me tell you something my attitude is if you don't want to be bigger then the opportunity I afford you, then I don't want to work with you. Because hmm. then that means you are just chilling. You? Mm. you know what I mean? Mm. You must want to be bigger than me. You must want to grow and leave the nest, as it were. Yeah. And, and, and that's the only way I get to grow myself also. Mm. You see, people don't realize the strategy behind always working with young minds. And that's why maybe people often are too lazy to mentor people. Half the time, you're learning from the person you're teaching. Because hmm. they're young, they've got ideas. Fresh. They, they're hungry. Mm. You know what I mean? But if I'm going to surround myself with just people I know and no fresh people from outside, yeah. how am I growing? So I'm in this industry for as long as I have been because I'm not afraid to share the limelight with other people. Whew. Also because I'm not scared of them. Whew. You know what and I mean? you want them to I'm succeed. Not, I want them to succeed. Because mm. I also know what I bring to the party mm. that they can't bring to the party. Yeah. Was there anyone at why you were scared of like a DJ where you're like, hey, this one's coming with fire. He's <laughs> rocking too yeah, hard. Rocking. <laughs> I must not be absent. Honestly, not really. Ah. No, no, listen to me. Nah, but not really because... I know what I bring to the party, like I said. Yeah. And I know my strong points and often I'd know their weak points that might actually work against them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for instance, my favorites at Y, before Cabzella joined us, were Chili M and Fajo. Wow. But I knew that Fajo is a renegade. Mm. He's not going to last year. <laughs> what, at some stage, you know, no, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some stage, you'll have a fallout with management. Something will happen. Because yeah, yeah. Fajo is a renegade. Yeah. 
and you've seen it in his career yeah, yeah. that at some stage there's a fallout yeah. and also I knew that Chili M was also caught up in the scene yes. so that would work against him mm. you know what I mean so that's why I was never really scared or worried mm. that my position is, is in danger Nix shit so, so yeah wow that's insane bro how did the chair come about because I feel like that that's the original podcasting chill <laughs> You know what? I wanted to do a personality interview, but we didn't want to do just a run of the mill. We wanted to do something that even the guests might be scared to come and join us because they don't know what might be asked. Because you reached a point where some people refuse to. Yeah. <laughs> come on. We get that a lot. <laughs> I can show you the WhatsApps. <laughs> I've had about five people ask me for advice about, you know, Maggie has invited us. Do you think we should go? No names mentioned. Oh, come, on. <laughs> come on, mention the no names. No, no, but all I've, ever, all I've ever said was, if you know your truth, then go. Yeah. We always say that. We talk to you. If you've got shit you're hiding. If you know your truth, just go. And, and you know. And if you die, you die. It's fine. You know? <laughs> Uh, which was uh, one of your favorite interviews because you did a lot man but there's got to be some standout did ones a ton. I think Brenda Fassi was mm. epic Ooh, yes uh, Brenda Fassi was really epic mm. Mendoza was epic mm. Lebo Matosa was epic TK was epic Hebana mm. these are fallen soldiers man. Mm. hey what if I killed them <laughs> <laughs> What if it's my fault? <laughs> no, man. I'm actually glad that I was part of documenting that journey. Yeah. And, and, but, but yeah, who else? You still got those interviews, ne? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm a strong advocate for document everything. Yeah. And generally, especially about that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't document enough of our shit, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't document enough of our shit, like, at all. Mm. And, you know, one day you're going to be telling your kids, ah, no, me, I used to be this guy, but you can't even show them. You can't. Let alone what more you can do with that archive. Mm. You know, first it's just billboard. Yeah. If you want to find out what is the number one song on the 15th of January, 1968, just Google the billboard will say, oh, here it is. There it is, yeah. We, ca- we, we can't even do that. Which South African hit was number one in 1989? We don't know. We can't even fucking do that. Yeah. Because we don't document our shit. And we need to start documenting. Before 5FM comes calling, which other stations offered you contracts? Actually, five were the first to offer the contract. Okay. And, and it was purely because wifey was working at SAFM and I was going to see her at the studio upstairs. Mm. And then Ernest Pillay was walking into 2000, but I knew he was part of management as I was passing by five. Gareth was doing the afternoon drive show. Yeah. So I was chatting to Gareth at the door. Ernest Pillay arrives and I'm like, yo, I think I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we laugh about it. Mm. And I was ready, but also bantering. Mm. You know, I go upstairs to SAFM and then I leave. A week later, Ernest says, when can we meet? Mm. I'm like, meet about what now? He's like, oh, you said you want to join us, miss. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> In all honesty. <laughs> Again, be careful what you ask for. Because mm, yeah. you'll, you'll get it. So we had... A, Quite a few clandestine meetings in Melville, uh, like like obscure coffee shops. Yeah. <laughs> but because 
fucking bastards. My Y contract went until June, July. Mm. It meant even if I joined them, I must wait until June, July. Yes, I remember you were off air for like two months. Three months. Three months. But because, in fact, I remember I had, I had gigs in London. Yeah. So just before I left, I called, I think it was Leslie. I don't know if it was a Sunday World or Sunday Times. Yeah. And I told them that I've said I'm joining five. And I got on the plane, I switched off my phone. I wasn't roaming, I was in London until Monday or Tuesday. Then I, but when I came back, the dust had kind of settled. <laughs> That, that I was leaving and yeah and then it happened yeah. but because obviously now there's an announcement I am going to five why can't keep me on mm. but I'm contracted to them until July Eesh. so they're like you know we're going to put you on garden leave we're not going to let you go mm. you're still ours mm. but we'll pay you so I literally spent three months earning a salary and not having a routine Yeah. but I was so bored I even went to Dubai for a radio conference <laughs> I spent a week in Dubai in that period uh, at a radio conference because I had time to spare. I went to Greece for 10 days. I did like a Greece tour. It's of life. Did Athens, did Corfu Island. But every single night of those three months, I had a nightmare about fucking up at five. Ooh. I'll tell you why. Because there were so many naysayers. Mm. In fact, I think the only social media we had at the time was probably articles in newspapers. Yes. So Biz Community yes. did an article that I'm leaving Y to go to five. And I think 90% of it was white folk who were not happy about it. Yes. And in fact, I never even read any of it, mm. but I knew it was there. Yeah. In fact, it's probably one of the biggest threads of any article of that year. Mm. And so because of that, and the people who were saying, are you sure, are you sure? Because it was perceived to be white at the time. Exactly. Mm. Even black guys in our industry, some of them were like, are you sure? Yeah, Oskira said you're a sellout. So you start saying to yourself, fuck, am I sure? Yeah. So literally every night, I'd have a nightmare. Hmm. For three months non-stop, nigga. That's crazy, bro. I was expecting you to take Tato with. What happened? Like we, I had a conversation with Tato about it. He was obviously growing in that market. Mm. So he was more keen to stay there. And he was doing his own shows on the weekend. He was keen to stay there. You see, and then I had a word with Dino, Kent, and Euphonic. And they're like, dude, where you go, we go. Wow. But they only told me three years in that we're not going to lie, we're so scared. (laughs) (laughs) I think even Tato was. But they were ready to take the jump, the plunge. No, because I told them, guys, trust me, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And as much as it was a challenge in terms of people's perceptions, again, if you know what you're capable of, why do you fear? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I know what I can deliver. I know what I'm capable of. And I know that I will stand toe-to-toe with any of the DJs and deliver a show. So why should I even be scared? I was supposed to be left because yeah. I joined Y the year after. Oh, yes. Yeah, man. I'm like, where's Fresh, guys? <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you join the other guys like, anyway, where's the coke? Like, <laughs> 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 and, and, and you killed it, bro. You killed it, bro. Let me tell you one thing, though. And I insist on telling the story because people don't understand just how colonialism and apartheid fucked With black psyche, minds. Yeah. So, for instance, I went to school with white kids 
from crash. Mm, mm, mm. You know what I mean? Mm. This is the late 70s. Mm. I was in school with white kids. So I've always been exposed to white kids. Mm. I've always known that the only difference between us is melanin. Yes. But when you go into an environment that is perceived as that's a white radio station, there's a voice at the back of your mind that almost says to you, but are you worthy of being in that space? Hmm. And people don't understand how fucked it is that even when you know your worth, you sometimes feel like an imposter in certain spaces hmm. in this country. And it shouldn't be like that. You felt like an imposter, bro. I felt like I'm an, an imposter. You lie. Despite all I know, one about myself yeah. and the fact that I can deliver here. Because, like I said, the perception is this white station. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you are literally the only black guy on prime time. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is unheard of. Was it internally the staff or the listeners? It was more listeners. Mm. In, in, in fact, if uh, it's, it's fuck. On my old uh, laptop, mm. I've got all the hate mail I got when I was at five. Wow. So, I literally, I I, so, so, so I literally had a folder of all the hate mail. It was about 1,500 of them. You're kidding me. Yeah. Yeah. And you kept going? No, I was like, fuck them. I'm here to work. Sure. But as the years rolled on, some would mail and say, I'm actually sorry because I prejudged you. Mm. You know, I thought you were affirmative action this. I thought it was BEE. I was like, but... Again, show people what you bring and people will be convinced. What's management saying at the time? Are they like, yo, he's no, my they, back. No, no, they're my back. Mm. No, they're my back because they knew what I'm bringing to the table. Yeah. So, so yeah. And content-wise, because I struggled when I was at Highfeld, mm. when I came up with content. All right, this is maybe too black. <laughs> it's too black. <laughs> Let me tone it down. One thing about me is I do content that interests me. Mm. So if you like it, then we're on the same boat. Those that don't get you eventually fall away and those that get you stay for life. Isn't that a bit narcissistic though? That's, it's not even that. It's, I know my audience. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm going to give you what I think you ought to know right now. Mm. Because we're supposed to set the pace eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're yeah. tastemakers. Yeah. So, so my brand of radio doesn't change regardless of the radio station I go to. Yeah. Oh, so you are the product. It's called personality radio for a reason. Mm. You know what I mean? People are tuning in because... Your personality. It's Mac G. Mm. If this podcast was done by another guy in JC, Paul, Sipo and Sol, mm. it might not be the same. 100%. Because you are the personality. Yeah. Sol is the personality. Mm. People tune in for that. Mm. It's like DJ, you play what you personally like. Right? Absolutely. Not what you think they will like. Absolutely. Exactly. And you hope they like. Oh shit, I'm a jukebox, man. I play for the people. You put in money, I'll play anything. <laughs> is it true? Did you start like mixing? Mixing, you know, like every show has a, a, mm. a mixed DJ now. Mm. You started it, right? Yeah, when I started the Easy Drive, we had the Mad Half Hour. So literally, the first 30 minutes of the show was a mix. And all of a sudden, other So before that, there was unreal. It was only on weekends that you'd hear it. Sure. Then all of a sudden, Metro are doing it, the African language stations are doing it, and now it's a fucking mess. And who came out of Madhouse, uh, Madhouse Hour? Madhouse Hour. Who didn't? Yeah. My first ever guest was Iggy Smalls, Monde was Monday. there, Cleo was there, wow. DJs Boo was there. Wow. Um, fuck, who else? Yeah, just, yeah, there's a ton of kids who 
became household names because of YFM. Yes. And yes. because of that feature. Yeah. Even songs, even songs. You guys used to break songs, man. Yeah. Um, so, Penduka, how did you end up working with them? I saw him playing with himself on Big Brother. <laughs> Don't you push that muscle, I never played with my... I was, t- I was washing my teeth. <laughs> Happy, a, a clean penis is a happy penis. And I was washing my dick. People said I was playing with them. <laughs> you know what they say when you're taking a wee? Two shakes. The third shake is a wank. <laughs> we were doing that for a bit too long. Ago. So I was, like, I was like, this kid needs someone to work with. No, no. Um, so Saul used to work with more flavor. Yeah. And I was a fucking fan. Wow. And then he leaves the big brother house. And he's not on the radio. Yeah. I was like, where the fuck is this kid? Mm. So I get in touch with Saul. I was like, yo, dude, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. You know, why don't you come over to the, to the light side? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he did. Wow. You know? Do you still remember that song? When I you remember came? the call like, very well. I this is Fresh calling you. Are you like, this is a prank, dog? No, the thing is, Fresh would comment. I think he had Mo's number or he had the station number. And he would always comment during our show. I'm so a, we knew he's a listener. Yeah. No, no, we I'm knew. a radio fan. Okay. If yeah, I like yes. your show, I will call in, I will comment, I will SMS, everything, dude. You never SMS me. I'm that guy. Eh? You never SMS me. Where? <laughs> what time were you on? <laughs> No, I'm asking. <laughs> but you enjoyed your time. What, what, what time were you on? I was on at night. I was on at night. Mara, you did. I remember. Um, have, you, have you ever laughed so hard you sweat? Fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when I was um, doing weekends when I just yeah. started. Mm. I was doing a show after and put my boy, mm. and you were talking to her, and then you're like, yo. Pass the phone to Mac and he's like, yo, you're doing great. Keep doing what you're Dude, doing. Dude, I was a fan of yours because my daughter obviously watched Kitty's TV. Yeah. I was a fan of yours when you were fucking doing Kitty's TV. Crazy. You know? No, for real. Yeah. I was your fucking fan then. Wow. You know? I Metro. When does Metro come calling? I think Miami is bad luck for me. <laughs> you're in Miami? In Miami. <laughs> I'm in Miami. Hey, we gotta go to Miami, dog. <laughs> hey, man, we don't want the bad luck. Well, Miami is a bunch of us Black Coffee, uh, Euphonic, Fistas, Glenn Lewis. So, Glenn doesn't say he's left Metro. We've been together for a week. Yeah. Glenn was wow. just quiet. In fact, at the time, Touch was starting Touch Central. Yeah. And Touch had offered me a contract to do breakfast. At Touch Central? Yeah. Wow. How much so, was offered to pay you? Hmm? How much was it offering? I mean, hold on. <laughs> so, we were. So Touch had wanted me to leave five to start at Touch Central. It was tempting, but I hesitated. Yeah. And eventually we're like, no, it's not going to work. So then he calls Glenn. When Glenn took that oh, yes. contract that yes. he'd offered me, mm. so it meant Metro now um, are Glennless. Mm. Mm. So I land from Miami on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Spongila calls me on the Thursday. He's like, we need you at Metro. Wow. I'm like, oh, but I've got a show. Mm. She's like, and no. you're nice, dog. You're not leaving anytime soon there at five. In fact, I regret why I left the afternoon show at five. Because I think we could have done another five years. Yeah. We could have easily done. Yeah. In fact, the drive show at five, I believe, is some of the best radio I've ever done. Because we were doing good old-fashioned radio. Yeah. We're doing skits. Yeah. You know that for 10 years... We did a minimum of one to two skits every fucking day. Mm, every fucking day. 
we sit prep record we're that's a production always making content wow. you know what i mean and i believe that's what radio misses right now mm. everyone is regurgitating the same old content yeah, yeah, yeah. and but voice notes and you know. exactly people mm. are not creating content anymore mm. anyway so i was like what do you mean she's like no no spoken you know management will speak to them at five or no don't worry i was like fuck so this thing is so i'm like so when would you want me to start she's like on monday sure. yeah so I was like, fuck, okay. So when do I say goodbye to my listeners at five? They're like, no, we'll, we'll interview you on one of the other shows. <laughs> I couldn't even say goodbye to my listeners. Yeah. They're like, no, we, you know, we have to call all the clients and tell them that you're gone. Mm. But yeah, you can. So I did an interview in the afternoon just to say goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Then that weekend we met to create a show and on Monday we were on air, dog. Shit, and did you have any terms? Because I know whenever you go to a new space, you always like to keep the same team. Yeah, same. Or have the no, ability no. to choose your team. Generally, as long as Kent, Euphonic and Dino are there, the rest, I can make a plan. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they've been part of my career for Dino since 2002-03. Wow. So, 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 yeah, man. Yeah. And then the rest, because Saudi had everyone on three-year contracts, mm. they couldn't bring in any other people. Oh, so yeah. I had to work with everyone that was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's, that's how it happened. So how did you feel after, like, you've had a kick-ass year mm. on breakfast, and then they dismantle your team? Because you made it work with Somizi and those guys. You know what? I think the team worked. I think we fucking made great radio. I think it was short-sighted of them to then dismantle the team. But to tell you the honest truth, a part of me also suspects they'd wanted to get rid of him, Paul. For, for whatever reason, I have no fucking oh, idea. Oh, shit, man. Um, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. So we did a Christmas party mm. um, for our listeners. And we found a venue at Zoo Lake. And it's going to be a free event for all of our listeners, basically, on, on breakfast. And after we do the party, we're, we're summoned and told we shouldn't have used uh, the airtime to invite people. Let's say oh, yeah. no, we, no, no, that, that I get. Mm. But, for instance, Offense was given a letter and told he's being suspended or something technical mm. producer technical producer mm. because on the day of the party I was in Cape Town so I didn't do the show mm. so it was Mo G who did the show mm. and gave him the prep obviously mm. but Mpost got a letter that says provide a reason why you shouldn't be fired sure you, you know what I mean Shame. so I was like but Mpost was not even a part of this that's horrible mm. that's when I realized that something is amiss here mm. so even when the team was dismantled it didn't make sense that why is this happening? This shit is working. Mm. You know what I mean? And then to find out that the last Friday of that lineup was when Mpo was told her contract has not been renewed. Mm. But it's like, what kind of people are you that treat people like that? Yeah. And unfortunately, radio has become like that. He fucking where me. you are expendable, and for a lot of people, even by February, you don't know if you're gonna have a new contract in April. Yeah. Like, how do you treat people like that? Yeah. Surely it's within, before my contract expires, six months even. Way before. Let me know so I know to tell my bank I might not have money to pay for my house. And yeah. to, to look, look for, for my a car, gig. To look for a gig. Yeah. Now you're going to give me a month to look for a gig. Dude, there were days where we'd be in the middle of March 
and we still haven't renewed contracts for April. But you had like five-year contracts. We had one-year contracts. No, we didn't have five-year contracts. No, but my contracts were decent. Mm. But for me, it's not even about me. Oh, about everybody else. Yeah. I believe if you treat everyone else oh, like I shit, you. Yeah, you can yeah. treat me like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why I've always been for... It's a dipstick. ...the smaller guy. Yeah, yeah. That... Like I'm saying, what, what you know, one day it'll be me. Mm, so mm. unfortunately, I think radio management need to do better. Mm. We understand it's fixed term contracts, but give people time to warn bank managers, the school that I might not be able to pay fees. Is it radio management as a whole or just ACBC? I think generally radio management, I feel, tends to do that. Mm. Mm. So you, you had a question? No, but like now when you... You you leave. It was obviously the Msuneri thing. Do you regret saying Msuneri? Because to me, it sounds like there was an issue, a stalemate of some sort, behind the scenes, and Msuneri was just a trigger. I think I was fired more for refusing to apologize than I was fired for using the word. So, for instance, had I apologized? then everything would have been okay. So they were not out to get you because of... We'll never know. We'll never know. Because unfortunately, our people sometimes when they manage are very personal. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying, the poor thing, for instance, I feel there was something personal happening there. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something personal happening there. Anyway, so... Yeah, so some guy tweets out of his ass and, you know, I addressed it on A and I said it's Musuneri. And <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or what kind of Msuner is that? I don't remember. That shit is funny. And then, and then I'm taken off A. Yeah. Um, okay, whatever. You know, take me off A, do what you need to do to investigate, whatever you're investigating. But I don't think if this goes to BCCSA, it's going to hold up. Yeah. And. You can go to the BCCSA right now. It's not found guilty of anything. Hmm. Um, anyway, so I'm off air. Then we have a meeting. And I say to them, guys, so what's going on? Because, you know, the natives are restless. But every day we're trending, you know, bring fresh back or this or that or whatever. So... They're like, no, we don't need you to apologize and this. So I've been on air for, I think, a month at that stage. So already there's punishment mm. that I'm off air for a month. Mm, mm. My pay for that month is docked. Sure. That's the second punishment. Mm. So now I must apologize. So I, I, so, no, no. so I said, no, fuck, dude, I was paid a lot. Now it's gone. Like, <laughs> 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 fuck, you know? <laughs> you know? So... So as a matter of principle, I felt like I've been punished twice already. Mm. You've taken me off air. I mean, you know radio is my oxygen. You've taken mm. me off air. Mm. Why don't you punish me? Mm. You haven't paid me for that period. Mm. That's more punishment. Mm. Now you're going to force me to apologize rather than keep your job. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's what happened. What are you apologizing for? For using the word. Are you kidding mm. me, man? That I must go on radio and apologize. And also, at that stage, even if apologizing was an option, I felt our relationship had broken down. Yeah. So I would not want to go back into that environment. Mm. 
they already dismantled your team. Exactly. Now you, you had a new team. Did you have a say on who? Because I, I remember Rilebukhile came through. You know what? I liked Rilebukhile and I was fine working with her. But did you choose her? No, no, no. I you, they wanted to recommend other people. I was like, no, I'd rather work with Rilebukhile. So you had no choice? No, no, I had a choice. Mm. It was other people that I did not want to work with mm. that I can't name because you can. it was protect the innocent sometimes. Mm. <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, so I called her, I was like, listen, dude, you know, do you want to come and gig? And she wanted to gig, and we gigged, mm. you know? And, and the weird thing is, she'd used the same word two days prior. You kidding? For real? Yeah. We asked people to touch the same question. Do you think there's a, some fuckery or mercenary happening with the management? Because, <laughs> I mean, under the current management, mm. you were let go, DJ Smoo, Thibaut Touch, Robert Marawa, Fat Joe, Pearl Tusi, Pearl Mudiadi, I can go on and on. Under the same management, right? You, you know... Clearly all those people can't be at fault. I think yeah. one of the big problems in that building is because when there's a position, it's first opened up to, it's internal first. So if we need a manager, someone to manage ICE, it's opened up to um, SABC employees first. So it's almost unheard of that new talent would come into the building. So you find that you are recycling staff and some of them are not necessarily fit for purpose or fit for that exactly. job. They're just not good enough. So you might find that you're now recycling someone who's mediocre, just moving them from one place to another. Mm. And you can't run a, a broadcaster like that. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's one of the things that cause that building to limp along, I believe personally, mm. that there's not enough new blood in there. Mm. Would you go back if they hit you up? Oh, no. Huh. Do you think they successfully replace your breakfast show? How do you feel about the show that took over? Let, let me tell you about me. I don't think you can replace me. Mm. No, Drop no, that thing of yours. True. Drop that thing. <laughs> You can find someone to do the show after me, yes. after I'm gone, but you can't replace me. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I need to pick my ways very carefully. <laughs> 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 yeah, listen very carefully. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think the mistake YFM made Metro FM made, 947 made, is as soon as I was gone, the next show almost felt like those people were sitting in for me. Because mm. it wasn't a completely new show. Mm. I remember when Pabi, in fact, I recommended Pabi to them. Yes. That Pabi's flipping hot talent, why don't you, you know, get her to come do breakfast? I remember, you even said on TV, there was no. an interview you did, you like, Pabi. But I then pulled her to the side, and I was like, Pabi, if you're going to agree to do breakfast, the condition should be that you assemble a whole new team. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to seem like you're sitting in for me. Mm. What did it sound like? Like she's sitting in for mm. me. I said the same thing to More Flavor, uh, when there was all this drama. That Who's was, that? <laughs> your former friend is your f your former friend. Did the rock the girl condom break?
<laughs> and then he didn't tell you. <laughs> there was no flavor. <laughs> no, back then the condoms didn't flavor. And then tell you broke, and they're like, what does it feel nice on the side of the I remember we, I mean, me and Mo speak a lot, and we spoke with Mo. And I'm like, dude, they're gonna try and force you to do breakfast. But I don't think you're done on afternoons. Hmm. You have at least another five years on afternoons. Yeah, yeah. And he was fucking kicking ass on yeah. afternoons. Great show, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was fucking hooked to that show. I listened every afternoon. Hmm. And then he goes and does the show. But then, I suspect he was forced to keep some of the features that we had. What? Which then means what? The show sounds like he's sitting in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, especially with drive shows, it's, it's almost like a poison chalice when it's handed over to you. Mm. That's why you need a whole new fucking chalice and a whole new drink. Mm. You can't take the same poison chalice and think you're going to now uh, put a fresher wine in it mm. when the chalice is po- poisoned. Mm. You know what I mean? So I suspect that's what happened, that he was forced to keep features that work. Mm. Even now with Tundra 947, um, the features that I left there. Mm. In fact, I call it legacy programming. You must do features so shit hot. When you're not there, they can't get rid of them. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? Ask a man. You, you see, ask a man. Mm. Um, Ultimix at six, at five, went yeah. for cheese of the day, went for a while. I mean, the, the mix at 22.8 at Metro right now. Uh, it's, it's like I'm saying, that's how you should do your programming. Kick so, kick so much ass. That people know the normal, but this fish like uh, yeah, I get, get, get him right, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's for that reason it's difficult for me to listen because I'm a more flavor fan. Mm. I mean, when he was go go why? That's all I listen to. Him, Likuzo, him and you. Mm. That's all I listen to. Mm. But because I almost feel like I'm listening to my own show, <laughs> just that he's jigged. It's, it's not. And and, and and no offense to Mo, I just think they gave him a fucked up deal and forced him to do a show he shouldn't be doing. They were putting him a wet in the chalice. Gandhi, they were putting him a wetty. <laughs> When I laugh hard, I sweat. <laughs> so, when does when does Heifeld come calling? Because I know Ravi had been wanting you for years, bro. Ravi called me probably every year for nine years. Yeah. When I was at the SABC. True story, dog. Yeah. Every year for nine years. Yeah. I even met two different CEOs at the time. <laughs> At some stage, I was offered, come do 947, you can also do 702. Yes. But I just, I wasn't ready. Mm. But when I realized that, okay, the water is becoming muddy here, uh, maybe it's time to take uh, on uh, Ravi's offer. So, so they did. Because I thought, when when you got fired, I thought, um, fuck, I never thought you'd get fired, eh, bro? I never thought, like, Uh, there's jokes. You think, you think it's only you, Fedra, and (laughs) Chile? You get fired. I had four moves. I want to see how this shit feels. 
So when you when you left Metro, I'm thinking, ah, he's going to Kaya because Greg is there, and that's your homeboy. I'm like, ah, no, he's gonna go to Kaya. So when you went to nine four seven, I was like, oh, okay. honestly, they were both bidding at the same time. Wow. And it felt it felt bad, eh? Remember there was a time Greg called me for. I think him and the marketing team and the sales team were having drinks and a lunch at Marble and they invited me over and they gave me an offer, like the like sign. Hmm. I was like, fuck. Hmm. As I'm, so I told Greg, can I sleep on it? As I'm walking to my car, Ravi calls. Can you meet us tomorrow at Saint? <laughs> And Saint and Marble are owned by the same guy. It's like, I hope it doesn't snitch on me and say to Greg, but this guy is here. <laughs> so I had a meeting with the CEO and Ravi at Saint the next day. And I've got these fucking two contracts. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. And I figured I'd rather retire at Kaya mm. than do Kaya in the 947. You know what I mean? For me, it was about which journey would make more sense. So that's the journey I took. So, so when you went there, bro, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be on radio for another 10 years. Because I saw you doing mm. drive for maybe five. Mm. And then you take over Anele for mm. another five. Mm. And then you can even do 702 drive no. and breakfast. In fact, my contract was such that, for instance, I did a Sunday show on KFM. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Simulcast. Uh, yes. In fa- yeah. And then the plan was to now then introduce me to Saturday nights on 702. Oh! That, that was actually the plan within a year or two. You're going to be working seven days? Um, well, it'll be a dance show right now, like pre-recorded if we need oh, to. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, man. Yeah, because that would have given you another 10 years. And then you can still go to Kaya, like you Absolutely, said. absolutely. So, 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 yeah, man. So, what went wrong there? What do you think went wrong? What went wrong how? At Heifeld. Why did they let you go? Okay, so, geez, where do I even start with this? So, last year, when did, when was we in a murdered? Was 2019, 2020? 2020, ne? Can someone Google that? No, 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 it wasn't 2020, because 2020 was lockdown. No, it was August 2019. 2019, okay. Yeah, it was August 2019. Yeah. And remember then the Me Too movement started? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And then people started tweeting, dropping names. So some woman then tweets... The, the rape list. Uh, yes. Yes. Then some woman tweets uh, euphonic mm. and says something like, how do you feel about dragging young girls and raping them? Mm. So Temba ignored it. Some weeks later, she tweets again. Now I'm added to it. Mm. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I called Tim. I was like, do you know this person? Tim was like, I don't fucking know who it is, but let's ignore her. Mm. So we, you know, carry on with our lives. And then last year, it starts again. Mm. The thing is, there's a timeline, so I feel like I'm skipping stuff. So can I get to the stuff I'm skipping first? 100%. 100%. Okay, so after that list happened, and we obviously, I mean, I did my statement to say it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, that, that never happened. Mm. Um, you know, life carried on. And you're still on air at the time. No, I'm still on air. I'm still yeah. on air. I mean, I've discussed it with management mm. and, you know, life has carried on. And then some girl decides to post it on Facebook. 
And then some poet girl whose name I shan't waste my energy on decides to post it on her Twitter. Twitter. So I'm what's going on here. Um, so my lawyers, you know, send her a letter to say, please remove uh, your post. Mm. And in her arrogance, she literally refused. Mm. So we're like, okay, we're going to give you one last chance to remove it. Otherwise, we're going to have to go legal. Because if you remove it now, it's finished. Mm. But if you don't remove it now, we're going to have to go legal. But if we go legal, we go legal with costs. Mm. So the arrogance continued. In fact, after that, then the ANC Women's League were pulled in. <clears throat> yes. And now I see a letter that says, trying to silence people. Mm. Or, I'm like, but nobody's trying to silence anyone here. Mm. All we're saying is don't post shit that is unsubstantiated and then say that's you being an activist. You know what I mean? I mean, if I turn around and say, you know, I saw Saul committing bestiality the other day, I want to just post it mm. with like no substantiation, nothing. Anyway, so the arrogance uh, carried on. So it went to court and she lost. Mm. Uh, with costs mm. then the costs were almost 200 grand Jeez. and it didn't have to go there mm. this thing could have ended immediately mm. and I remember at the time the judge was like we're actually not against people being activists mm. but with activism comes great responsibility mm. you can't just post shit uh, if, you, and you, if you can't fact check then leave it you know what I mean in fact, you know the weirdest thing is I'm actually one of her biggest fans. Is it? No, no, I love the fact that she's bold like that. Yeah. yeah. But don't be bold for the sake of it. Mm. When you can either check if something happened or not. If you don't have the facts, then leave it alone. Mm. It's that simple. Anyway, so it finishes, it happens, and then it passes. Fast forward January 2021. So, I can't remember what I tweeted... And one of my followers commented on it. And then uh, said poet inboxes my follower and says, you're here busy uh, celebrating someone, but his victim is busy um, going for counseling. Yeah. So I ignored it. Mind you, were you in court again for the finalization? Yeah. Were you in court... With the victim? <clears throat> no, with the poet. Okay. Is, is, so isn't it... I won the case. Mm. So basically, in that court case, she must never, ever fucking talk about me or post anything about me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So February the 2nd, we're supposed to finalize it now. And obviously, they are going to appeal. Mm. Anyway, so I'm, I just want to show you why I think some of this shit was actually orchestrated. Hmm. So... Middle of January, this woman from 2019 resurfaces, uh, tweeting at myself and Temba. So I called Temba, I was like, my man, are you sure you don't know this person? Mm. Temba's like, nah, like, fuck all. But anyway, we ignored it, and we just let it go. And then, obviously, then it starts gathering momentum, it starts gathering momentum. And then, so we speak to management, and we said to management, listen, this is what's happening, but this is the situation. Yeah. And again, we let it go. We, you know, we carry on with our lives. In fact, at the time, I'm busy flipping um, COVID-19. Mm. So I had COVID, I think, from about the 1st of Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, until about the 15th. But mine was light, like yours. Yeah. But also, you have Venda, nothing can bend you. So. 
<laughs> my man, my man, Vendor's are tough, bro. No, you guys are, you guys are tough. Yeah. You guys are like buckies, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. So I'm noticing this commotion. And in my mind, I'm like, what are the chances this commotion is linked or not linked to the 2nd of February? Mm. Then I let it go. And then so then this woman goes and uh, opens up a case against us. So then I call Temba on a Friday night. I'm like, my man, I think let's actually call the station and tell them we want to stop all activities. Shit so, is hitting the fan now. It's not even about shit is hitting the fan, mm. but we'd rather deal with this. Okay. You know what I mean? You could and, see what's and, coming. And distracted. Mm. So we call... Uh, so they hadn't spoken to you before that? Before no, we'd spoken, no, no, we'd spoken. We'd spoken and we said we'll monitor it. All right. Yeah, cool. So that Friday night, myself and Temba are on a call with our station manager. And we tell her that, listen, we think we're going to pull back from everything that we're doing so mm. we can deal with this thing. How? Saturday morning, after we agree on a statement, the station released a statement acting like they're the heroes here. Mm. That they've decided that they're going to pull us off air for now. Oh. Which wasn't discussed. I was like... No, no, they said they want to go off No, air. we oh. said we are going to do it because we want to deal with this. Yeah. Now they want to be the heroes and say they've decided in the interest of what, 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 yeah. that uh, we're going to pull you off air for now. But do you blame them? They were under a lot of scrutiny at that time. No, but don't lie. Mm. Just say the guys came to us yeah. the one time. And we agree, we're going to let them do what they need to do. Okay. Anyway, so obviously now there's the storm that's happening and we're dealing with that storm. Yeah. After about four weeks, we're like, no man, but fuck this shit. Until we're guilty of something, we're guilty of nothing. Mm. So why should we pull back from all the shit we're doing? Mm. So I call our station manager. So it wasn't just your radio gig, like all the other well, stuff. No, no, we decided we want to pull back from everything so everything. we can focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All public appearances, everything. Mm. So I call our station manager. I think I was, I, well, I think I was driving to Eastgate. I was like, we've decided that we want to actually go back on the radio. Yeah. Because like, why are we off radio? Like in, even in so there was no time frame. It wasn't like okay, let's wait. No, it was. Time. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But okay. we'll pay you guys in the interim. Whew. So, well, like, but if it's just in terms of like labor law, like why are we not on the radio? Mm. So we'd like to... Go back. Yeah, we'd like our shows back. Mm. And I don't know if they script when we said that, because obviously they're also under pressure. Mm. Mm. How next thing we get an email, I think it was the next day or the day after, saying after much consideration... We've decided that uh, we're going to terminate the contract. We'll pay you out for the duration of the contract, but you guys won't be on the radio. How long is the contract? Until end of July. Oh, so it's just a one-year contract? No, it was 18 months. 18 months, okay, Mm. cool. So, so like, are they panicking that we said we don't understand from a labor relations perspective of radio what's going on? Or are they under pressure? So we decided that, and in fact, they sent us an email telling us what they want to do, but they also sent us an email with a statement that they want to put out there. Mm. That's why then we put out our own statement before they did theirs. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we could see that these guys are actually trying to fuck us. Mm. You know, so we put out our own statement that we wanted to go back on air, then all of a sudden now they're saying, um, this thing's not working, mm. you, guys, mm. you guys must bounce. 
So, in a nutshell, that's what happened. Do you think they threw you under the bus? <clears throat> Let me tell you why I think they threw us under the bus. I think, in fact, the only reason I miss management at Metro, when there was all that Musuneri happening, mm. I remember in our meeting with management, I said to them, you know, we're trending every day, people saying, put these guys back on the radio. I remember one of my managers saying, we are the managers here, not social media. Oh, beautiful. You know what I mean? Mm. And eventually, when all is said and done and has gone through the wash, you actually realize that social media is not necessarily a microcosm of the society we live in. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's then that I understood why my managers at Metro said, we are the managers here, not mm. social media. You know what I mean? We have processes, we will decide uh, what happens, not social media. Mm. So I think they bowed down to pressure from social media. And then there's, um, there's a women's group that have been um, at it for, for the longest time. And I think they bowed down to that. But, don't but, you think but on top of that, for instance, when you look at the statement the CEO put out when our contracts are terminated... All of a sudden, he's using language like, again, they want to be the heroes. Mm. All of a sudden, he's using language like, we respect something about the victim. Mm. And I'm like, but this person has accused us of something. Mm. We have told you that this thing never happened. Mm. But now you're calling her a victim, which means you've actually taken a side. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, it, made, it became clear uh, where he stood as a CEO. In the boardroom, though, what was their tone? Because clearly it was different. No, no, we never met the boardroom because I mean, it was the time of Zooms and whatever. Oh. So, so we never actually met men. But did they act like they were supporting you behind the scenes and then surprise you with this public statement? I think so. I think it was all for show. And for me, it's unfortunate because if your employer can't protect you, how safe are the other employees then? Hmm. from anything similar happening. What, what were the, the other employees what, saying? Yeah, what, what was the other saying? Your colleagues. Yo, dude. Are you guys sitting down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know when all of this madness was happening, only three people from 947 reached out. Hmm. Only three. The first person was Shannon. Shannon did traffic. Yeah, so on your show, mm. yeah. I know Shannon. Shannon would, you know, every week, how you doing? Are you okay? Are you wow, fine? Man. And then there's Debbie from Music Department. Wow. And so shout out, Debbie. Love you, girl. And the only other person that got in touch was Palisa. Palisa ran the desk. Mm. Only three people. Mm. But who are you expecting to? No, you, you know what? I think when you're going through shit like that, mm. you almost realize either how on your own you are or the people who are genuinely for you. Mm. You know what I mean? And for me, it's actually not even a big deal. I actually don't give a fuck. Anele didn't call. Um, but it's not like, I mean, we're not friends with Anele, so I don't expect her to call. Anele, what about your whole team? Because I mean, only Shannon is from your team. Nothing. 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 Hey, but you did it. Nothing. But you did it dirty, man. Now she's got to do live reads at Star FM. He didn't do it. He just confessed. I did nothing wrong, dog. Yeah. yeah. But you see, she. you see, you see, if 
I had committed a crime, then I'd done it dirty. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Then I'd say I've done it dirty. Are the allegations true, though? So, we did a statement when this girl started uh, talking all the shit she was saying that these allegations, in fact, there's no truth to them, mm. but, you know, there's the system. She must go open charges if she feels a crime was committed. Yeah. And she went and did that. But just categorically, and I repeat, the thing is, there's, I can't say too much because mm. this is still going to court. Mm. You know what it's I mean? Still going. No, it's still going to court, yeah. There's still a civil uh, suit. Sure. The thing is, we can only get to the bottom of this in court. Mm. Otherwise, it will always be people's opinions. But and, and, and unfortunately, on social media, everyone is a lawyer mm. when there's a legal issue. Uh, when there's a medical issue, everyone is a doctor. Uh, when there's vaccinations, <laughs> everyone is a vaccinologist. No, but when Meg G wants to comment on politics, I stick to podcasting. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But so the only way this thing can be seen to its logical end is in court. Yeah. And I'll tell you why I insist on that. Because if this thing doesn't go to its logical end, then you're leaving a Pandora's box where people can accuse people wrongly, get away with it, and ruin people's lives. Yeah. Nobody should be allowed to get away with that. Yeah. Nobody. Here's my thing, right? Yeah. When the allegations came about, right? Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm a DJ as well. Uh, obviously not as prominent as you. Mm. Uh, when I was at Y, you know... I mean, no one is as prominent as me. So go out. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 having been a DJ, having been at Y, you know, I, I had... Like, when I saw your allegations, I was like, mm. shit, this could have happened to anyone. Mm. Because we were smashing groupies, mm. you know, by the you car were? park. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, by the bathroom. Yeah, we're rocking girls, you know. And so, the condom range was actually not for sale. It was a stock for you guys. <laughs> wow. So, so when those allegations came about, yeah. I could see, okay, cool, this is possible, you understand? Mm-hmm. Based on how the game is and whatever. No, no, fairly, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you must remember, back in those days, there was no social media. Mm. You know, it's a different time now, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, what we were doing back then now seems mm. and is deemed to be wrong, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My thing is, with you, I think if it was just one girl, mm. you could be like, oh, mm. maybe it's a disgruntled ex mm. or it's just someone out to get you. Mm. But a lot of women mm. came out saying the same thing. Mm. And but, with the smoke, there's fire. But did any of them actually stand up and say, it's me here? Because unfortunately with social media, it's easy for you to hide behind a Monica and say, Mac G did this. Mm. Do I even know you're a woman? Are you maybe not a guy who figures, fuck, Maggie's fucking up the media right now and we need to bring him down? I am for, if a crime has been committed, then let the law take its course. Mm. It's easy to fucking sit behind a computer and accuse people of shit. Yeah. It's fucking easy. So you've never smashed any groupies in the car park? Which toilet? car park? Which no, car I'm park? just saying, whatever, whichever car park. After a gig, nothing. And like, I, when I, you didn't deem it as, as rape, but, you know, the, the person might have... One, I need a bed. <laughs> no, no, but, but seriously, Vele, I think it could be anyone. 
And unfortunately, we're in an industry where a lot of people consume a lot of alcohol and a lot of shit happens. Unfortunately, this event never happened. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Hence, like I, I insist. In fact, I was sad when the NPA actually... Okay. I was in two emotions when the NPA said they're not going to prosecute. I was happy because you don't really want to go through a rape trial. Nobody wants to go through a rape trial. But if there isn't a trial, then it's in the air for people to decide what they want to believe. Mm. And for me, therein lies the problem. Because if the NPA say there's no reasonable prospect of a conviction, it doesn't mean you didn't do it. Mm. It just means they can't prove it. And for me, that's a problem. Hence, we went the route we are going, that we need to prove that this person is talking rubbish. That's why it has yeah, to but, go to but, the but, but big dog, we in SA, man, mm. you're a very influential person. Mm. You got all the money in the world. I don't have all the money in the world. But in, in fact, in fact, you know, I was laughing the other day about how people talk about we're using our influence for this. You know, if I had half the influence people think I do, fuck, dude, you guys would see shit. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. It's simple. The, you know, there is a system and we will use the system to prove but that. But the system is innocent. flawed. You, you can pay a, 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 a journalist not to write a story about you. You can pay and, a judge not to prosecute you. Have, no, no. You're no. a judge, dude, 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 yeah. dude. Even Zuma couldn't do that. Uh, that's the higher level, chief. I wish I had one judge on my speed dial. Just one. I don't even have a judge on my speed dial. You know what I mean? So you're telling me with all fact, the connections you've amassed mm, in your 30-year career, yeah. you couldn't do anything? I wouldn't... Speak to someone who can speak to but someone. But to do what, though? To do what? To squash everything. But, in fact, let me tell you. So when this shit started, you know we had about four or five people call us saying they're cops, they can make this thing go away, yeah. they just need 20,000. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to pay you to make something go away that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Mm. Because then that would be me admitting that we've done something wrong. Yeah, I've done nothing wrong. I've got nothing to hide. And in fact, if it goes to court, um, there's more than enough evidence to show you that I was never in Pretoria with Temba at any of those places in 2011 in July. Have you ever forcefully forced yourself on a woman? No. Ever? No. no, no not without asking, uh, strangle me daddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> But then we're playing a game then. Yeah. <laughs> but now you guys opened a case and the NPA refused to prosecute. Yeah. Uh, even though the, in the docket, I mean, she had said that she was with a friend on that fateful night. And that friend said she was not with her. And she said she was a virgin when the allegation happened. And there was another guy in that very same docket who said... I've smashed this girl prior to that. She was not a virgin. So already there is proof of dishonesty. How do you feel now when the NPA says we're not, when you guys open the case and the NPA says we're not going to prosecute her? You know what? I think it's unfortunate that even with all that you've mentioned, and in fact, there's a whole lot more in the docket that shows that there's a lot of lies happening mm -hmm. here. And I think it doesn't help that now you have all these influential people backing you, saying, go open a case, 
these people must go to jail. You know what I mean? So, so I've actually been through so many emotions. At some stage, I was very angry. I was like, you know, what have I done to whom that I must go through all of this shit? You know what I mean? Um, at some stage, I even felt sorry for her. That, what have you been through that you think it's okay to do that? And not only do that, but perpetuate it. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I felt like a ton of emotions over the last eight, nine months. But, you know, if the NPA feel they can't, you know, try her for perjury, there's still a civil case. It must still go to court. And at court, the truth will come out. My thing is, I hear what you're saying. You keep mm. going to the law and stuff, right? Mm. right? But let's be honest, dog. Mm. I mean, I've spoken to... Um, Someone who used to work for you, mm. I won't disclose their name because mm. obviously, you know. Mm. Um, and they said you came onto them at a club mm. and you were very rapey. Mm. And you said that, listen, if you don't give me bums, mm. you're going to lose your show and stuff like that. A show? Yeah. What show? No, I can't disclose. But I'm saying, what, like, you can't but, sit there and, and be like I've in 30 been, years. I've never been in control of a show, though. No, but I'm saying you can't sit there and, mm. and say in 30 years you've been a saint, you've done nothing wrong. Because it's you not just what? one person saying this. No, no. Like I'm saying to you, though, it's easy for people to hide and throw allegations for whatever reason. It's easy. And I'm saying, again, if the law has been broken, then do what you need to do. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, apart from that, what else do we do then? Like, what else can we do? If you feel you've been wronged in the eyes of the law then let the law take it. Have course. you been insane for the past 30 years? As in, have I forced myself on someone? Mm, whatever you want to, yeah. No, I've not forced myself on anybody. Mm. Like, nix, nix, nix. Mm. Like have I you, said, not unless they asked. Have you ever been, like, drunk and maybe gotten with someone and they might perceive that as rape and you were of the impression that it was consensual? I'd say no. I'd say no. No. I find that hard yeah. to believe. As a DJ. Why have you done that? No, no, no. But you're a DJ. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've, I've smashed girls that, in light of the Me Too movement, mm. that if they were to come out and say I raped, mm. you know, they, I didn't rape, mm. but they would have grounds to say that mm. because we were drunk mm. and we just smashed. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. But not like, I was like. Like I said, I've not had unconsensual sex with anyone. Have I had drunk sex? Yes, I have had drunk sex. Mm. But I've never had unconsensual sex. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, man. So now, where are we at with the whole case? Well, we wait for the NPA to give us a nolly prosecute certificate. Yeah. So the certificate basically says to them, says to us, we're not going to try her. Mm. Here's a certificate. Mm. Now, that certificate gives us an option if we want to pursue a private prosecution. Mm. So if our fans would like to make donations, we'll maybe pursue a private prosecution. And, and, and how has that changed, like, your, 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 your life, the allegations, like, uh, you know, your reputation? You know, unfortunately, I think we spend so much time thinking social media is life that we forget that there's a whole world out there that either are not on social media or actually don't give a fuck about social media. Mm. So, so initially, going out, you were kind of not sure. 
because that's all the shit happening. Because you were prosecuted by social media. Exactly, mm. as, 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 as happens. So you're like, you initially almost doubt yourself. In fact, let me, let me explain something to you. You know, despite the fact that we had told our friends and family that this thing never happened, we still went and did polygraph tests just out of our own, just to show that this thing never happened. Yes, a lot of people say polygraph tests can be beaten. I don't give a fuck if that's what you feel. But we went to that extent to show that, one, we don't know this person, we've never met this person, we're never in Pretoria with this person, even the best friend says that that thing never happened. You know what I mean? But I remember the first gig I did after all of that. Yes, yeah. And I didn't know what to expect. Mm But you realize when you go out into the world, I'm sure it's the same with you, mm. where there are people who hate you. Yeah. yeah. There are people who want you cancelled, there are people on this podcast fucking burnt. 100%. Of, of but when you go out there, all you get is hugs. 100%. You never love. meet I've any never of those met trolls. A person. It's love. Yeah. I've never met any of those trolls. Mm. In fact, I've been off radio this whole year, pretty much. I did radio for one week this year. Mm. This. Heritage Day, last week, I did more gigs than I've done any Heritage Day without radio. Wow. You know what I mean? And I think part of that is build your brand to an extent that even when you're not on radio, people want to be associated with it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I mean, I've worked fucking damn hard for this brand. Mm. And and I'm not going to sit and watch someone piss all over it that I've never met. Mm. So, yeah. And let's talk about... um, Surviving DJ Fresh. It's mm. not coming up, ne? No. Okay. No. I'm just making sure. We don't want that, eh? Because they're going to come only, interview. The only way it would come out is if it was about maybe you felt like, oh, this guy's appetite matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the only time that would come out. Because I heard there was a new station mm. that was going to publish a docky mm. with all the victims or mm. perceived victims, mm. but that got canned mm. last minute. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I heard something like that. Heard something like I, that. I heard, yeah, like a, it was a, something, come, a TV show, yeah. but it mm. got docked last minute. Yeah. You never heard about that? No. Next. Yeah. Mm. So, so, a girl you've never, ever met comes out, accuses you of something. Do you think she woke up and decided, let me accuse Fresh and Euphonic? Or there is a, a, a third-party influence that said, you, there's Fresh, there's Euphonic, attack, accuse them of this. Honestly, I don't know what the initial motive was. But I What's think... Uh, no, I'm good. I don't know what the initial motive was, but I suspect when all of a sudden there's these powerful women behind me, I can run with this. I don't know. I don't know. And the thing is, there's a lot of things I can't say because they must be they must come out in court. Yeah. For instance, we. Have- so, I, so I can't say to you, Saul came to me and said, uh, "Here is this," um, because then it's just hearsay. And unless I can give you a name, I can't talk about it. You know what I mean? But in court, it will all come out. And, and, and your wife? How did you meet your wife? Gee, she, she worked, she was doing news at uh, Y. Yeah. And oh, she was at Y? Yeah, she was doing news on my show. Oh, yeah. wow. And then we decided to be the news. 
so, so, so yeah. Headline. <laughs> so do, do, do you hit her up or she comes No, in? it just grew, man. You know when you work together, sometimes you just gravitate towards one another. But you saw her first on TV and I think you told someone that I yeah. want that woman. No, no, she was doing the joint on SABC One. It was a Carol Bauer production. In fact, I think it was Carol Bauer's first ever production back in 96, I think. So it was her and Tim Howard. It was like a talk show for youth on SABC One. And I was in my bachelor flat uh, on Empire Road with Sammy T. Oh, wow. yeah. And I told Sammy that... Oh, he stayed in Parkton? Yeah, on Empire Road. <laughs> Very close. He's like 30 seconds away from Parkton Road. His yeah, mom's house, literally. I, I was caught... You know the Brenthurst Clinic? Yeah! He's right opposite like, Brenthurst. He's opposite. And you know those big, big flats? Yes! I was behind those big, big flats. Wow! Yeah. Why didn't you call me, dog? <laughs> you were a child. <laughs> <laughs> like yo man I, I hear you need a nappy change <laughs> I hear you're full of shit I promise I'm not, I'm not a pedo but I heard you're full of shit so. <laughs> is it true that I heard, I heard your nappy's full I don't know if he's took a poo because you're a vendor man <laughs> is it true that you guys are in an open relationship no man, there's no open relationship. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, that's been but you know everyone in the industry while. says that, right? For a while, for a while. No man, there's some bullshit. There's no open relationship. Yeah, there, there's no open relationship. Yeah. Are you? What's it called? Is it called as Tim? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are the Sikwanis seeking one? Are you? Do they seek one? Do they seek one? If you have one to offer, we can talk. You don't have more than one wife. Uh, no. Just one. That, that's uh, my other friends do, but not me. Yeah. Mm. And kids, how many kids? But do they shan't be named though. No, it's Tembu or it's Temba. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. How, how many kids you got? Uh, five. Five. Yeah. Same. same and, 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 and counting. <laughs> that, that you know of. That I know of. <laughs> And please, you know, make yourself known, man. You can't have killed children and hide them, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with, with the same, same mother? Um, three with the same mother. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what, what does your wife say with all these allegations? Because she's a public figure as well, you know? You know, we discussed it. I mean, we discussed it from the minute it happened. When the we and anything happened, we discussed it. And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's and, what and, it is. And, and your kids? What do they say? The thing is... It's important to alert, especially when your kids are at an internet age, to alert them of what is happening and put everything into context. So whatever they read is contextualized. You know, otherwise, you're leaving them to basically lap up whatever everybody's saying. Mm. So I think it's important to, to talk to your kids yeah. about everything that's happening in your life that's of public interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, otherwise, you're fucked. Which one of your kids is, uh, looks like they're going to take after you? I think... I think all of them, hey? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, Tato was taller than me when he was 16. <laughs> no, when he was 16, he was already taller than me. <laughs> and, you know, he's dabbling in rap, a bit of music production. Now he started modeling. Wow. Uh, he's one of the models for Legends Barbershop. Is it? 
so I decided to be a weird black parent and give him a gap year. So that <laughs> go find yourself, decide what you want to do. And then if you want to go to varsity next year, you go to varsity. But if you don't want to go to varsity next year, you must move out and go find a job. Because yeah. I'm not going to uh, feed you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then my daughter, who's 13, is going to art school next year. Wow. Uh, six-year-old son is going to grade one, but wow. he he could be anything. Cause yeah, he's because he's fucking brilliant at everything. Yeah. So, so yeah. Let's talk about DJing, man. You've mm. been all over the world. How's it like performing like in Ibiza, London, all those places? Because you guys went before social media, no? Yeah, way before social media. Yeah. And in fact, I was looking at some of the pictures we took in Spain when I went with Tira. Wow. The camera was so pop that pixelated. <laughs> so I don't even fucking post them. <laughs> So I think the, the digital camera setting was was back. Yeah, yeah. So we could take more pictures. Yeah. Now they're fucking pixelated. Yeah. So when 9-11 happened, as those planes went into those two buildings, myself and Tira were landing in Spain. Oh. We spent 10 days there together. We'd, we'd both won the DJ knockouts, Men yeah. of DJ Knockout on yeah, YFM. Yeah, yeah. We spent 10 days in Spain. It was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And myself and Tira, had, we, we didn't know each other. And then he won Men of DJ Knockout. I was one of the judges when he won. Then we traveled together to Spain, so we flew business class. By the time we got to Spain, we were fucking best friends. Were you amazed by uh, Coffee's success? Because when, when I see him, I'm like, this is what DJ Fresh should have been, you know? I was amazed, but I wasn't surprised. Mm. But I'll tell you, to tell you the honest truth, my love for radio got in the way of yeah. many other things yeah. that I could have done. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the fact that it happened to Coffee, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think if anybody deserves the success Coffee has, it's Coffee himself. Because oh. he's fucking worked hard, he's fucking built, yeah. and in his way is that right now. Do you remember the first time you met him? Coffee. Fuck. Where did I meet Black Coffee the first time? Because I remember he used to open up for Christos. No, no, yeah, no, Vele, when he was part of Shana. Yeah. But I think the first time I met him, met him, was at Leisure Lakes, Mahuta's spring picnic. In Midrand, 2003 or four. Yeah. I think it's the first time I met Black Coffee. Can I tell you a funny story? So, yeah. so I'm fresh out of Venda, eh? get to Joburg, uh, fresh in Oskira doing Zambezi Sundays. So I speak to Bobster. Bobster's like, yeah, come through, come rock. What, what? So how do you meet with Bobster? How did I meet Bobster, actually? From why? Because uh, okay. he was producing Oskido's show mm. and I'd just chill around. You know, I always used to like chill around mm. Mm. and with Wild, like you can mm. chill. Even mm. if you're not doing the show, you can just go there during mm. the day. Mm. So that's how I met Bobster. So uh, uh, um, Bobster tells me I'm going to Zambezi. Bobster tells me you're rocking after DJ Fresh. I've never met Fresh, bro. First time ever. And then I go to Fresh. I'm like, hey, Fresh, what time are you finishing? <laughs> Bob's, uh, Fresh goes to Bob. He's like, hey, my man, who's this young one? Please tell him you can't fucking do this shit. Bobster comes to me. He's like, Meg, you don't do that, my man. This is the big dog. He will tell you when to play. Correct. Correct. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. I didn't know what to Because he told me 10. I'm rocking at 10, my man. No, you play when I'm done. Yeah. Uh, favorite compilation, man. Of mine or yeah, of generally? Yours. Of yours, of yours. I think it has to be between Fresh House Flavor 1 and 4. I think, I, think, I think those two almost made us realize at the time. Because, you know, the assumption was that deep house music 
is a black thing. Mm. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, I was getting booked at gigs in Pretoria, and I assumed it would be, you know, black kids, but it was white kids. Mm. That's when I realized that, oh shit, this shit is actually fucking crossing over. Mm. You know, I often tell a story of, uh, I was at Cresta Mall and I met a, I'm walking, and some white girl sees me, she walks towards me, and she starts crying. So I'm panicking. Wow. And I'm panicking, I'm like, fuck, I'm a big black guy, there's a white girl crying in front of me. <laughs> Rape case! Or, if you're in the US, 911. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then she starts telling me about how Fresh House Flavor 4 was all she listened to on repeat in in, in rehab. And that had she not had the disc, she doesn't know that she would have made it through rehab. Wow. You see, that's when I started realizing that, again, like I say, we don't realize the impact we have on people's lives. Mm. Or we take it for granted. Mm. Very true. You know, you know what I mean? That's when I realized that, oh shit, this shit is actually bigger than just Kasi. Because mm. we thought we're just taking records that are big or Kasi mm. and I put them out there. Mm. So, so yeah, man. And you know, till this day, people think Summer Days is still your track. It's <laughs> important. I was telling Lulo the other day that, you know, maybe you must just take pure surprise that take Summer Days. <laughs> Uh, we just put our names on them. Yeah. So we might as well. Yeah, yeah, you know? You know? My man, I still get emails from guys who's like, so what are you thinking, my man, when you made Summer Days? Yeah. Like, fuck. What do you think about the, 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 the DJing landscape right now? I think, like, the, the, the art is gone, man. Like, people don't give a fuck no more, man. You know what? I think because guys are chasing gigs, guys are chasing money, guys are chasing fame, they're not necessarily passionate about the art side of DJ. The craft. The craft, the, the understanding your role in the bigger picture of an event, for instance. Mm. I mean, if you're booked for an event, I always want to know the entire lineup. Mm. So I know, okay, this person plays this, this person plays that. So if I play this, I'm giving the crowd something different. Or I'm not repeating anything someone else might have played. Because for me, DJing is not just playing music. It's knowing the role you play mm. in the bigger picture. Because yeah. once you know your role in the bigger picture, you know when not to play the anthems. Mm. You know when not to play the big hits. Mm. If you're an opening DJ, fucking play an opening set. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of DJs don't understand that. Mm. There's almost zero DJ etiquette. There's zero passion. Just everyone can DJ. Yeah. I remember DJ Monday booked me a bad night. I'm playing 78. I rocked all the hits. You see. <laughs> and he's like, my man, what must he play at 12? <laughs> Dude, Fresh House Flavor 4. We, we did a launch party. It was 2000. It was August 2000. Do a launch party. Got legs dope. The guy before me played every record on Fresh House Flavor 4. <laughs> it's a Fresh House Flavor 4 launch. <laughs> He thought he was paying homage. He's paying homage to the legend. But also, because me, I'm scared of no DJ. Yeah. I, I would play before, after any DJ and I'll still fucking rock the crowd. So I just went to my record box, yeah. found songs, and just rebuilt. So by the time I got to Fresh House Flavor 4 again, the lips forgotten. No, no, but also literally the roof was fucking sweating. Yeah. There was water fucking dripping off the roof. I've never forgotten the party. Wow. And, and wow, I think as a DJ, man. you also need to be that ready for anything might happen. Mm. Don't pre plan your set such that 
the minute someone plays a Prince KB set song or a Cubs or a small good, song, yeah. you're satisfied. Mm. And, and there's so much music in the world. People are paying top rand to watch us perform. Mm. And want to repeat music? Mm. Want to play the same 20 songs? Mm. No, man, no. And everybody's playing the same shit right playing now. Playing the same 20 songs. Yeah. Dude, I will arrive at any event and I will make sure I stand out by playing something else. Yeah. Or making sh- In fact, I always insist on finding out generally what did the guy, three, four guys before me play? Because I don't want to repeat anything. Mm. People have paid fucking a lot of money mm. not to hear us playing the same songs the whole fucking night. Top five DJs? Fuck. Yo. Kent, I know, is in there. Kent, wow. I know, definitely. Euphonic, not so much. I'm not so sure. Maybe Temba. <laughs> Yo, that's difficult, eh? <laughs> I don't know if I can give you a top five. All right. But I can tell you guys I have a lot of respect for. Okay. Uh, Black Coffee, a lot of respect for Black Coffee. Vinny and Christos. Oof. I've been a fan of Vinny and Christos since 92, 93, 94. You know, if there's one guy I can't play after, it's mm. Christos. Yeah. I can play after anyone but yeah. Christos. My man, Christos will rock any crowd Yo. with deep tunes yeah. never heard. And the crowd is going crazy. And he's never changed. And he's been like that since 93. I met him in 93. Consistent so since man. 93. You know what I mean? Kent, a lot of respect for Kent. Uh, euphonic or Temba, depending on which one. <laughs> and, and I think track selection aside, they also give a fuck when it comes to technicality. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm a sucker for a DJ who gives a damn about transitions, mm. timing, and just make the music talk and make, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, so for me, it's, it's everything. Yeah. It's everything. The DJs will play a song that has a fucking massive break, but as the song breaks, the previous song is still playing in the background. Mm. Then you're at the break. Turn on. <laughs> and the crowd are waiting for the break. Yeah. No, they're still like, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So, so I think in terms of the art of DJing, very few people respect it or understand it anymore. Anyone can fucking DJ. Uh, fuck, you have actresses DJing now. My grandmother can DJ and she passed away 20 years ago. That's how fucking bad it is. <laughs> How's it like meeting the David Gators, the Martin Garrix, are those guys dicks or like... No, you know what? A lot of these DJs actually love Africa. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And they love Africa. They love South Africa. So generally, they respect us. They like us. Yeah. And But also, I find it difficult to be starstruck. Mm. Like, I don't get starstruck easily. For real? For real? Nah. So even on Coffee, I remember there's a story where uh, Ronaldo, the real mm. actual Ronaldo, yeah, wanted to, what, yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo, mm. wanted to meet Black Coffee, mm. and Coffee was with you guys, and same story with the P. Diddy party, and he mm. was like, nah, meet the whole squad. You had the P. Diddy party? No, like first at, yeah. the, at the Diddy party. Yeah, P. Diddy, yeah. Black Coffee put them on, him, no, Tim, no, I mean, everybody. I mean, Diddy, at the, the last Sunday of the Miami conference, or of Ultra Miami, Sunday morning at 5, Diddy starts his party. So when all the clubs are wrapping up, 5 in the morning, people go to Star Island and party at Diddy's place. You know, it was nice meeting him. But I was, what? I find it difficult to be starstruck, eh? Even if you meet Howard Stern today. I find it difficult to be starstruck. But he's not wow. a fan of Howard Stern. You know, you know, you know, no, 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 I mean, Howard Stern is a radio giant. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to flipping knock out one quickly because... <laughs> You know what I mean? 
I know he will. <laughs> in fact, I'm sure if Mac G found Howard Stern and Fajal shagging, he turned them. <laughs> Where's your Vaseline? Make sure you know I'm next. Tell me about O-Ship, dog. Did you ever go to any other O-Ships? O-Ships. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went to the 2015 one. How's O-Ship, man? It looked like a fuck fest, bro. Wow. <laughs> Uh, firstly, when you work with me or you work for me, when we do all ship, you get a cabin. Wow. You know what I mean? So that's just part of the perks, yeah, basically. I know that. So, yeah. so Solo was part of that shit until he decided to just abandon us at five. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Until I decided to jump ship. <laughs> but that was dope, ne? Nigga, do you know how much I had to fight to get you to just do a minute feature on Metro? Dude, okay, so when, when Fresh then moved, right, they fucked up, dismantled his show, and he had the new show, and he, he calls me up, and is like, yo, listen, they say they don't have a budget, I want you as... Uh, this is the gambling days. No, oh, after. after. This is after. So, like, after. so I was like, I'll pay out of my own pocket. What? Yes, when he was no, going to... Me, if I believe in you, I'll pay out of my pocket. If management yeah. answers, we don't have budget, I'm like, don't worry. I have budget. What? This is the second year at Metro. Second year after they changed the show. And it's like, I want you on my show. They say they don't have budget. I was like, listen, I'll do the show for free. You know what I mean? It's like, cool. And then they're like, no, we don't want so. Someone up there was like, fuck this kid. He fucked up once. We don't fucking want him in this building. And he's like, I'm going to pay him out of my own pocket. They said, no, fuck him. Then he said, okay, he'll come. He'll do a one minute a feature one minute segment they did not want me on nigga I had to fight to get solo on and still didn't work no no eventually did it eventually did. Eventually, eventually yeah I remember we did the show on the first day of the show of the revamped show with uh, second day they're like we told you we don't want this guy on tell him to fuck out of and I was off for like three, four days. Then I was back on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the local government elections are coming up. Mm-hmm. Any chance of you getting into politics? You know, if I went into politics, it would probably be at local government level. Because I think that's where you can make a difference. Because local government level is where you can fix roads, make sure water is running. Mm. That's where you can actually deliver. The real stuff. You're not really sitting. Stuff. Yeah, it's, it's. So for me, if I did politics, it would be at that level. Mm. But unfortunately, because at local government level, it's also where uh, guys eat. Yes. That's probably why guys get assassinated. Mm. Because maybe you get in the way of the eating. Mm. Yeah. So when I get into politics, I don't know. Mm. But I don't know if you know Shili, Shili Mings. Mm-mm. You know Shili Mings, but you know Shili. Ubanlo. Mfumu, Mama Yvonne's son. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know Shili, the party animal Shili. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 going, he's, he's going to local government elections, dog. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I will vote for Shili. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. We need young people yeah. in politics. Yeah. We need young ideas. We need fresh ideas. We need young minds. To Rizani Zuma, would you vote for him? Only because he said loot responsibly, I don't know if I would. 
because we, we sh- because we shouldn't be looting at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, he's a nice guy. I mean, I know him. Um, I did business with his friends oh, wow. when I was sponsored by um, 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 Affliction. What so he's a nice guy. Huh? Okay. No, no, he's a nice guy. I mean, we, we chat and, and whatever else. But also, I don't know that he's ready right now. Yeah. We're going to play a game. It's called One Must Go, ne? Fuck. <laughs> The radio edition. Fuck. Are you ready, my nigga? Let's go. Uh, Dinewa Ranaka versus LKG. One must go. What are they doing? Uh, The radio. Oh. (laughs) What are they doing? This is a bit obvious, but yeah. I think Dinewa has always been radio. Yeah. Dinewa has always been radio. I think she kicks ass on radio. Um, I think often she doesn't get enough of her flowers. Yeah. so, Dineo must stay, dog. I was shocked they didn't give a drive time. Dineo fucking kicks ass, guys. Mm. Dineo fucking kicks ass. Yeah. So, I think if Metro were not obsessed with pairing people up, she would have actually shown her colors long ago. 100%. Because unfortunately, often when you're co-hosting, mm. you don't get an opportunity to, to fucking... Mm. Yeah. Go in and... Yeah. Chili and fat, Joe. One must go. They've both been fired before, so they're both gone. I mean, what do you, <laughs> you gotta choose one. You gotta choose one. Then I'm gonna ask what I wanna ask. I think Fatjo must go. He must stay. Oh, so oh. Chile must go simply because, in terms of consistency. Fat Joe's always been consistent. Mm. You knew he's going to deliver a good show. Mm. You knew he was going to get fired. Yeah, yeah. Chili, you are not too yeah. sure. So, so unfortunately, I think Chili got too caught up in the trappings of the industry that often he'd lose sight of the ball. And unfortunately, it's never about the after party. Mm. It's never about the after party. Mm. And a lot of people in our industry forget that. They make it about after party. It's supposed to, you need to perform at the concert. Not at the after party. Oof. You know what I mean? Oof. But a lot of our guys, event. exactly. But a lot the of reason. our guys get it fucking twisted. Mm. And, and, and for, you know, may his soul rest in peace. I think that was Chile's greatest uh, downfall. When did the rivalry begin? Jeez, I can't even remember. For real. I think I was doing Selima Tunzi some interview. I think I just started at five in the afternoons or something. I can't remember. He was doing. It was doing afternoons at Y with Dineo. I can't remember. I can't remember if I said something on Selma Tunes, something like, uh, come at me or whatever, whatever. I think it was Street Journal. No, no, it was Selma Tunes. Selma Wow. Oh, so it was an interview. No, no, it was an interview I was with Scoop. Scoop was still the uh, presenter then. Not Selma Tunes. It was Street Journal. Street like journal. I said, it was Street yes, Journal. Yes. Scoop, I remember that. What am I thinking, Selma Tunes? You've been around street... for a while, man. It was Street Journal. Yeah, Street Journal, yes. So, yeah. Mm. So, that's what happened. And then he took it personally. And then he went on with it. But then I was, I'd moved on. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Were you mad at the interview I did with him? I wasn't mad at the interview. I thought it was unfortunate that, but then I realized that, but that's you. So, for instance, you laugh at anything negative said about another person. Mm. You know what I mean? So I thought, so, 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 so I thought it was unfortunate, but I wasn't mad about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I but you were. And, right. and in fact, in fact. <laughs> I love anything negative. Yeah. <laughs> 
But who does? No, who does? You know what I mean? So initially, I thought it was unfortunate. Then I realized that, no, but that's what Mac G does. So don't take it personally. You know what I mean? Because if I had an issue with it, I wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? But also, I wasn't going to come on to your show with nothing to talk about. I repeat, don't just do an interview for the sake of doing an interview. But I felt a weird vibe at, because uh, I'd known you for a very long time. Mm, I mean, mm, like, you know, mm. I used to come visit you uh, when you were doing your, your show at 5FM. Yes, you did. remember? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I have good luck with rashes, eh? You know, you know it's a fucking rash. You know? <laughs> but at Mpo Pop's show, yeah. I felt a very weird vibe for the first time ever. You were there. No. Like, was this after the Chile I mentioned? Yes. No, no, that was... No, wasn't that after the... Interview with a woman I might or might not have dated. Oh no no no! It was no no no. That was after. No. It was after the chili. So I met him there with his wife. I'm like, hey, big dog. He was acting funny, and then we just happened to sit next to each other. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> <next> to <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, Then the next morning, Mexi uh, sends me a, yeah. a, a message. Yeah. Oh, man, are we cool? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is he on about? You're <laughs> 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 me. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't responded. <laughs> No, because I was like, I answered him last night. Like, why must I answer him again? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. No, dude, I'm cool with you, dude. No, one love. No, dude, like I said, dude, I was a fan when you weren't fucking crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When my kid was watching TV, I was like, that kid, that kid is good. Wow. That fucking kid is good. All right, Timo Touch, Robert Morrell, one must go. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Your partners. Mm. Partners in what, my man? In fire. If you love being fired, Fire FM loves you. So what? So why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? Oh, why are you all here? It's where we are. <laughs> oh, I think the only guys who haven't been fired are behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. You guys are making me laugh so hard. I'm fucking sweating. Fuck. Um... I think Tibo Touch must go Oof. purely based on the experience Marawa brings to the game. Yeah, man. Um, for instance, you know, a lot of people don't know this, for instance. I mean, Marawa at 2000 brought in so many listeners and so much revenue. Oof. It's like, it's fucking insane. It's insane. His pull, mm. just as a media brand, as a, as, a, as a sports flipping... What, 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 I'm looking for a word, man. English is gone now. I mean, may I use your English data then? <laughs> As a sport authority. Robert is fucking solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? But taking nothing away from touch. Because what I love about touch is the fact that touch was unorthodox from day one. Mm. Even when he did uh, rhyme and reason. Mm. He was always almost the outsider. They just worked his way in through the back door mm. before he knew he was doing the fucking drive show. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think in terms of work ethic, touch can stay, but in terms of solid broadcaster with experience, but how I can stay. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Fuck fucking man. hell, man. Don't ask the question again. <laughs> and Fire Fame, how's it going? He told us yesterday that you guys got 150 million now? Yeah. From IDC. We're getting 150 million from IDC and Fire Who's he? Ta- uh, Tabo Touch. I don't know what you're talking about. My thing is, who's gonna fire who on that show, on that channel? Yeah, because everybody's saying the Eagles. 
too many big egos in one room. Inja, what inja? If one go, we all go. You know what, though? I mean, uh, what I love about Zbu Touch Marawa, not only the dope broadcasters, but, you know, the dope dudes. Mm. You know what I mean? And people think we are egotistical, mm. maybe because we are sure of who we are or what we are worth or the value we bring. Mm. But, but we're actually cool with one another. Mm. Just it's a pity I was not aware we have 150 million rand. Yeah, yeah. Maybe touches used our names to get <laughs> 150 million rand. You know, that's how he rolls. But oh, maybe a shy shy. There's, there's no 150 million. Anelo <laughs> Unati. Uh, ah, it's obvious though. One must go. I think when it comes to radio, mm. I think Anelo kicks fucking ass. Yeah. I think. I think. Her breakfast show is one of the hottest in the country, if not beyond the country. Yeah. Because I listen to radio around the globe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you listen to Carl and Jackie O? Uh, no. Oh, okay. For instance, I listen to Kiss FM, yeah. and then I'll go to Capital in the UK, yeah. then I'll breakfast go to Radio Club. One. And the breakfast shows compared to Anna's breakfast show. Chalk and cheese, bro. Wow. So when it comes to broadcasting and just fucking kicking ass, I think Anneli can stay. Yeah. But generally, I think Onati is a nicer person. Mm. Ooh, well, yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. I didn't rate Anneli until I started working with her. I'm like, actually, she's good. No, no. She, she, she's sharp. She's, she's, she's radio through and through. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Whether you hate her or love her, you can't fuck with her radio. Was there a chance of you and Onati ever working together on a show? No. No, they never... Thomas married her and took all of that away. <laughs> uh, last one. But it's weird. You know, myself and Nonati met just when I started at Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing a gig at Rhodes and she was in the organizing committee. She was doing first year. And I remember she came and introduced herself. She was this uh, shy little girl. Um, she gave me her number. Mm. And I remember I called on the dorm number or the res. Uh, yeah. And they called her. And there was like a whole lot of commotion because the person who answered recognized my voice from Studio Mix. And we just became friends. And we've just been friends since. Wow. So, so yeah. And then Thomas was like, friends for what? <laughs> Tough one, Sopenduka and Tato from Tato to Tato. Jesus, bro, come on, that's unfair. That is unfair. I mean, they did like four, five years of radio. We did like two, four minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's unfair, bro. That's unfair. Look, if you don't choose me, I understand. I'm good. I do what I do, and I understand. You know, it's a trap when a person says that. When the other one is in the room. Fuck. Nah, man, look, I understand, bro. 
You guys, you and Tato signed, came to my high school. We won a, 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 an invitation, uh, a visit. Yes. You know, by the two of In the school quiz. Yes, exactly. And you guys signed my book. I mean, come on. What the fuck? <laughs> that is a oh, yeah. Solo's a rapper in high school. And Tato and Fresh signed my book of rhymes. Yeah. So how dare you pit me against Which one must go? So where is this book? It's around actually. Do you still rap? Or you realize I that still, I, sh- it's a rap? <laughs> or, or, or were they so bad? They went from rhymes to crimes. <laughs> the the, the cat sat on the match is hardly a rhyme, dog. So. <laughs> I'll never forget when you guys uh, Mendoza that, that, that clip here Mendoza Tata to Tata what did he say Mendoza? No it was uh, Jabupule hey, Jabupule what did he say? Yeah, this is Jabupule listening to Tato to Tato <laughs> and then proverb is like no Tato and Tato and then it's like Tato to Tato <laughs> the ecstasy is still in the system <laughs> Pelona Twain, Jabu, at the time. <laughs> on and off the field. On and off the field. Which one must go, man? Which one must go? Nah, man. I understand. Yo. Nah, dog. It's not that difficult. Come on. Tato's a god. No, no. Bro. It's difficult because both of y'all kick fucking ass. Mm. And I shared a Bilbo Litato, but also you didn't fit. So. <laughs> <laughs> With no, the no, we had billboards, sir. Yes. No, we had fucking billboards. Yeah, and girls, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Tato, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because Tato was the show producer. He was co-host. And no, actually Tato did a lot behind the scenes. Mm. Where soldiers showed up and pissed people off. No, no, sorry. Soldiers showed up and pissed white people off. <laughs> Pissed white people Yo, off. Call you, 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 you know what? You know my no. my, my biggest dream is yeah. for the three of us to do a show together, man. Because mm. I watch sometimes these guys know. Like I watch so while he's working. Yes. And I'm in awe, bro. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> like this guy's good. <laughs> Yeah. But he's literally like, oh, no, no, he's so sharp. No, no, Sol is a fucking genius. You know, Sol did traffic on my show on five. And we play a song, whatever, we do a link, then play the traffic sting. And Sol is, does the traffic report, the traffic report, one minute, two minutes. Then I realize there's no piece of paper in front of him. It was all in here. For real? Damn, dog. It was all in here. What? I said, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Saul is a fucking genius, guys. You guys don't understand. That's why I fought to have Saul on my show at Metro. Yeah. And in fact, when he started with you, I was trying to get him onto Osquito show. Yes. You know what I mean? That's how much yes. I believe in this kid. Yeah, um, man. Thank you, Shout man. out to you, man. Thank you, thank Shout you, man. I'm glad he didn't go to Osquito. We're glad to have you, Saul. Yeah. You <laughs> could have done both. Yeah. <laughs> No competition, Oskido's uh, family. In a nutshell, man, 
What do you want to be remembered as? How no Tando Tabete, no nothing. Nah, Mara Tando Tabete. What? Who can you put her up against? Who else is there? Is she still mad? Is she, is she still mad at you? No, no, no. We uh, she smoked the peace pipe. Which one? <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> A piece of pie. <laughs> no, she hit me up and she was like, "Yo, let's smoke this peace pipe." I'm like, "Cool." Oh, for real? Yeah. How come you didn't tell us that? She didn't want no smoke, dog. She was starting a new gig there at 947. She didn't want no smoke. Oh, okay. How are you? Are you good with her? Because I remember her tweeting stuff when the whole allegations happened. You know what? I thought we were good. Until I realized that, oh, okay, she's with them Bogotos there. Mm. And, and for me, the, the sad thing was we've been good yeah. for over 10 years. And, and she's got my number. Yeah. She can call me and find out what the fuck is going on here. Yeah, yeah. Then I can break it down. Then she can decide what she wants to do. Nix. She just opened her Twitter and no, decided. Just, just you know who called me when mm. I was when I was mm. uh, fired? Mm. Mm. Take a guess who called me. Take a guess, sir. Bobster. Yeah. Bobster. Nah, nah, Bobster was with him every day. As in at why? Caesar Lomo. So when you fired away, nobody called you? No one. <coughs> Caesar Lomo was the only person. Wow. The guy, though. You know what I mean? The number of conversations I've had. I mean, me and Caesar will talk for an hour. Yeah. Because Caesar is that guy. He's that guy. Bro. So even He's if that guy. Vela, you had fucked up, Caesar will still call you to check on you. Yes. Caesar is that guy. And advise you or... Yeah. And he won't tweet, just spoke to Mac G, mm. he's doing fine, mm. no. Real G? No, 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 Caesar is that guy. So, so shout out, Caesar. Who called you, bro, when you were going through your, your tough time? No, but I called Caesar. Boite called you, Boite helped you out. Nah, help me out when I needed help, Boite. Every time I called him, he lied to me. I couldn't, it was fresh for some odd reason. It Every time weird. I fucking called him, he'd lie to me. For real? Yeah, I wouldn't be. Like the one person I didn't open up to and everybody was like, dude, tell fresh what the fuck is going on. I couldn't. Nigga, so and and, that and when me. I did, he, 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 he thought it's a lie. Like he, I've got a gambling problem. Mm. And he didn't believe it. Mm. The one time I did. But I couldn't for some nah, odd reason. That should hurt me because I was I know, like, man. I can see something's wrong. Yeah. Mm, I, yeah. But every time I speak to Sol, he tells me nothing. Mm, yeah. But then I'm being told shit by management. Sol is sleeping at the studio. Sol is sleeping on the couch. Now the couch is taking take a beat. <laughs> That should hurt me, nigga. Because I could have helped you. Yeah. No, no, I'll give you money to gamble. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I know. I know, bro. Uh, in I a know. nutshell, man, what do you want to be remembered as, DJ Fresh? Tatus I want to be remembered as the guy that gave a fuck. Because I've always given a fuck. You know what I mean? I'm very big on legacy. I'm very big on create your own economy. And your economy is the people whose lives you've affected positively in such a way that they're now making their own livings and now they're affecting other people and there's that economy. So for instance, I'll give you an example uh, about the legacy I'm talking about. And I'm part of Oskido's legacy because Oskido put me on. Oskido put everybody on. Uh, but because Oskido put me on, I felt the onus is on me to put other people on. You know, so whether it's your Kents or Euphonics um, uh, or Cleos or 
the listeners whom I've paid rent for, uh, the listeners I bought groceries for, uh, the 2,000 kids I've put through varsity. Bursaries. You, you know what I mean? For me, that's the legacy. And for me, that is, um, I, I call it freshonomics, that because of my positive influence on those people, they now eat, some have cars, houses, families, degrees, diplomas, but they're living. So that's all. I want to just be remembered as a guy that gave a fuck. Let me just disturb him. I remember when we were at 5 FM doing the breakfast show, it was his birthday. Two guys came through, right, to wish him a happy birthday. And the one is, they were both in corporate, right? to wish me a happy birthday and they came through looking nice dapper dressed in suits those are my first ever two bursary recipients and 23 years ago 22 years ago we came out to meet them with fresh and then fresh disappeared and we're talking to them talking to them and then we came back into studio and found fresh in a corner face wet tearing up for real yeah what, what, yeah no man one, one of them is a squirter one of these guys <laughs> he was crying dog fresh big dog was in the corner crying because of when he met one of those guys the situation and conditions he was in to when he sees him now you know and he just played a role in helping that guy being who he is today i was crying fresh Hey, I, think, I think because a lot of the time we take our own privilege for granted, mm. you, you know, and often we don't even admit our own privilege. Mm. But, you know, through just my bursary scheme alone, I've taken kids who had nothing, yeah. who were living in a, a squatter camp. I mean, there's one kid who, dude, the only shoes he had were those traditional shoes made with tire. What are they called? I see those Imbata, those Imbatata, man. Those yes. Zulumbatatas, Zulum I see those ones. That's the only, those are the only shoes he had. Those sandals. Yeah. And I'd given him a best way to do a degree. But he doesn't even fucking have shoes. He didn't have money to get to. So I had to find him accommodation near Monash so that he could fucking attend. Oh. But he's got accommodation. He doesn't have anything else. So now you have to fucking buy groceries. So it all adds up. You know what I mean? But that's shit I love doing. Because I believe my calling is to make a difference, oh. is to change people's lives. Mm. So radio, I believe, I was put in as a vehicle to be able to reach more people. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean, the other guy that I gave a bursary, I remember he had given his mother's number, his mother's work number, um, as a contact number. Um, I pick up the phone at YFM. At that time, I'd never show producer. You know that my show at Y for the first two years, I didn't have a producer. Uh-huh. I produced the show myself. I did the drop-ins myself. I, did it, I, was, I was a one-man show, literally. Mm. Anyway, so I call. And when I call, it's a pick and pay in Norwood. The manager answers. Mm. Wow. So I was like, oh, no, I'm looking for such and such a person mm. because the son is on a bursary. Mm. And they call her. So we're live on air. Yeah. And then she comes and answers the phone. And she literally just fucking burst out. My son is on anniversary. Wow. My son is going to school. In the shop, and there's obviously people there. There's been someone in the background declined. But she... <laughs> but, and she literally told me that 
Do you know that next month, my son was coming for an interview to come and work in this pick and pay? Whoa, man. And now you've changed it. you know who that is? Gigi, Maseke. Yeah. Gigi was supposed to go to that pick and pay to get a fucking job because his mom was a cashier there. I don't know. His life changed. And for me, that's what Freshonomics is about. Yeah. How many lives can you change uh, sustainably that they can change other people's lives? So, like one of those kids, uh, Spiwe, that, was, that, that brought the cake. Yes, I remember. He now has his own bursary scheme. What? So he, now he's sending other kids to school. You're kidding. Oh, man. So for me, that's important. Legacy is everything. How many lives have you touched positively and uh, hopefully forever? In fact, I was saying to Tema the other day, what's actually weird is how I know for a fact that most people going through just half of what we've been through this year would have fucking jumped in front of a train. They would have collapsed. No, no, they would have jumped in front of a train. Yeah, would have collapsed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. like I said, but because we know the truth and we know the truth will come out, we're not going to live in fear mm. about what people think about us. Again, I use you as an example. Mm. Enough people hate you online, yeah. but you'll never meet one of them outside. Zero. But you go outside and people fucking love you. People want to hug you. Mm. You know what I mean? So, as much as social media has impact... I think often we give it too much credit. We do. Mm. It's a thousand people. There's 50 million of us. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it takes a thousand tweets just to trend, right? Mm, yeah. That's no. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's all it takes. So if I'm a radio station, I don't want the podcast and chill to pop because it's affecting my revenue. What mm. am I going to do? Absolutely. What are you going to do, so? <clears throat> Pay a thousand people to do what? Oh, is that what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> huh? So, where to? So, are you having cars following you around lately? What's going on? We're not that big yet. We're not that big yet. We're not that big yet. It's not that. But I'm saying, like, like shit. My bathroom window was closed, man, when I left here. Why is my bathroom window open? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you, if you go under hashtag podcast and chill and you check all the negative comments, it's mm. bots. Mm. So, you're like, who are these people? Okay, what's the. Uh, narrative mm. they're trying to push unfortunately there will always be a narrative unfortunately there will also be people in whose interest it is to perpetuate that narrative yeah. so I think you need, you need to be careful of that Yeah, mm. and I think you also need to be careful of what you allow to sit in here because that's the difference between whether you can deal with it or whether you're going to jump in front of the train mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, um, and you know, the people that would call and check on us, I've always said one thing to them. Unfortunately, I'm, I fear nothing because the truth is on our side. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I fear nothing because the truth is on our side. Mm. If there was no truth on our side, then maybe I'd be worried. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not worried, I'm not scared. Where to for DJ Fresh? Fire the fin. What's, What's the that? future? What's that? Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> spoken about Fire the Fin, right? Oh, you're taking pictures. Yeah, Fire the Fin is loading. Now you're going to say, what's that? Just all we did was take four pictures. <laughs> a picture of four black men. That's all. Maybe it was a robbery. <laughs> What's the future for DJ Fresh? Because I've had time on my hands 
I've managed to do some studio time. So I have an EP dropping literally on the 1st of October. Oh, nice. Piano or piano? No, no. Like house. Uh, Afro house, Afro tech. Oh, nice. Oh. Nice, nice. In fact, as we're recording this, because it only comes out on the 1st, but it's already out on Beatport. Yeah. So this morning when we woke up on the top 100, the EP was at 36. Wow. Now when I checked, before I started recording, it was at number 12. So I suspect we'll be in the top 10 by the weekend. Yeah. And hopefully number one by the time we drop on the 1st of October. So, uh, so do, yeah. do you produce or you buy beats? Buy beats? Mm. Who does that? A lot of people do that. You know what I do? I don't play, but I've got an engineer that I tell, this is what I want. This is, if you have to hum a bass line, you hum a bass line. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what being a producer it means. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of guys who can play can't create melodies in their heads. They can't Or won't have the idea that you want. They exactly. They can so you're a DJ Khaled. Another He's one. A producer. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, 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 for instance, sometimes you buy a loop package. Okay. And you like some of the loops, and you say to an engineer, this is what I like, this is what we're going to make. Yeah. Or if you have a reference track, this is what I like, this is the direction we're going. So, you can't so then, reason and make a drum pattern or food. You loop. can, but it's a lot of work if you don't work on reason all the time. Oh, but if you can find someone who can fucking do it with a hand tied behind the back, yeah, 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 and you yeah. tell them what to do, why the fuck would you not do that? Right. And my time is money, my man. One hour of mine is a lot of money. And we've had two hours. Thank you for all the money, bro. No, but you have paid <laughs> so how much do I get when we get to a million viewers uh, you got all the money in the world Fresh. But, uh, where do you guys get this impression let us eat money? let us eat no but hold on where do you I genuinely want to know yeah. this impression that we have a lot of where does this come from this nigga last week we were meant to record Netat he's like yo I gotta deal with one of my minds sorry man I never said that <laughs> I never said that no, dude, you're fucking doing the shit, dude. Mm. I think you're fucking doing the shit and you must continue doing it on your terms. Because a lot of guys are going to want to jump on your bandwagon all of a sudden. And often guys who want to jump on the bandwagon also want to control the bandwagon. Mm. And I think you need to be careful of who you get those vultures. Yeah, yeah. No, no, those vultures, nigga, they'll take your shit, own your shit, and then fire you from your own shit. Yeah. Steve, you know Steve, I mean? Steve Jobs. So yeah. it's, it's fucking yeah. important to maintain ownership and just fucking keep being unapologetic. Those that love you will stay. That those hate you must go fucking watch something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we have an obsession with spending so much time telling people how much we hate them. As opposed to, why don't you spend your time liking something else then? Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, the world is fucked up as it is. Mm. Yeah. You know, now we don't need other people who spend so much energy and time and resources trying to pull other people down. And as creatives, we spend time on the negative comments mm. too much than the positive. Like you'll get one comment mm. that's fucked up yeah. and you've got a hundred that's like mm. really, really yeah. but you focus on that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I remember, do you watch uh, Curb Enthusiasm? Not in a while, but I used to. You, yeah. you know, you know yeah. the guy. Yeah. So the guy, da David, is it Larry David? Larry mm. David. Mm. He goes to a basketball game, right? So they showed, he was in the stand and they showed a picture of him like in the screen and everybody's going crazy. Yeah. But he was sitting right next to someone and that just, that one person was like, I fucking hate this guy. This guy's a dick. Yeah. So he gets in the car with his wife. Everybody was screaming for him. He's like, yeah. Larry David, yeah. whatever. But he's like to his wife, why does that guy hate me? <laughs> he was only focused on that guy. Yeah. And a lot of 
creatives in our industry like doing that? And, and you don't need that woe is me, self-pity party. Like, fuck, man. You know, not everyone will like what you do. So give love to the ones that love and appreciate you. Mm. You know? But we want everybody to appreciate what we do. We want... Because we... Thing is, we try to convert those that don't like what we do. We nah, try to get them nah. to like what we do. It's man. impossible. Not everybody can it like is, what you do. It's, it's impossible. Your attitude should always be, I am a train and I leave this station at this time. If you're on board, let's go. Ooh. If you're not on board, the train is leaving. Full stop. Wow. Now yeah. you want to fucking waste your time waiting for more passengers. They don't give a fuck. They don't fucks with you. And it's probably full to capacity, this train. And even if it's not, take the ones who are ready to go with you. There's enough people out yes. there that you can make a living. But oh, we still want to have fucking uh, pity parties about... No, dude. Yeah. No, dude. Love wow. that, man. So, and and, and in fact, that's, that's why good, I'm not bro. even worried about my career. Yeah. Because I know I've got enough of an army out there that it doesn't matter what platform I create or yes. whatever. It's going to fucking pop. You will never stop. It, it's going to fucking... I'll tell you right now that people who stop listening to radio, because I'm not on radio. Did and, you, and, I, and I say that confidently because I know that for a fact. Did you ever meet that guy who always used to call you Kahisho or something? No, I met him quite a few times in, yeah. in, in Velcom. Yeah. yeah, every show he called you. No. Dude, it was like a rash. <laughs> like a rash on the palm. <laughs> no. But it's all love. No, 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 no it's, all, it's all love. It's all love. But I think we need... To remember that though, mm. that you have enough people who love you that you can either capitalize on it, uh, you can um, turn it into something positive without having to worry about everyone else around you. Oof, that's powerful. So, so yeah. Yo, on that note, we are here, man. Podcast and chill. Boom. Fuck. After four years. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Thank you so much, Chillers, for the continued support. Always remember, make sure you subscribe and you like. And also, if you like, you can become a subscriber. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, what is happening? Shout out for your continued support on Podcast and Chill. Make sure you subscribe and like. They subscribe and they like. Right? <laughs> oh, that one. All right. Yo, what's happening? Shout out to. Nah, fuck. Let's go again. Paint me then. To paint me. Yo, what is happening? Shout out. Thank you guys so much for the support. And always remember to subscribe and like. And you can also become a member and subscribe to Patreon and, you know, throw the, the coins a bit. All right. Peace. Love you though so much. Last one? Yeah. yeah, yo! Thank you guys so much for your fucking continued support. Please remember to subscribe, like, and do all those things. Become a member, a patron if you want to bless us a bit, and you know throw the coins that make them dance on the podcast. Peace, love you so much. <laughs>